Your sacred rebel, Ryan Ayo, talks about things that we're not supposed to talk about, but with a passion for being sacred and finding the important things and the truths in life and the universe. Hello, sacred rebels. I'm so excited to share today's conversation with Brianna Sagdahl. Brianna ran for the Clackamas County Commissioner in this recent election in Portland area, and she lost, but she still has a lot of very important things to say. I was recently supporting Ozzy Gonzalez for the mayor race in Portland, and he has well lost. But what was interesting, as I started participating more in local politics, is that I met Brianna at a friend's house right after the clip that I posted of the Portland police taking a knee at the Portland protests for George Floyd, where I happened to have just been parked there and saw it and threw it up on Facebook Live. And um, that day was really hard for me. I had gotten lots of lashback from friends and family and later in the day went over to a friend's house for a birthday party the first time in two months. Anastasia had gotten to see another kid in person. And Brianna was there with her kids, and she was friends of our mutual friend. So we got to talk at the table about all kinds of stuff, as you can imagine, that was happening in the political consciousness of America right now. More than just the protests, but you know, trying to get to the root of division in the country. Um, even you know, talking about things like the Constitution and um, how we can solve these things through unity. Um, you know, what was amazing was that we talked for over an hour and agreed on basically everything we were talking about and to come to realize at the end of the conversation that we were both on the opposite sides of the political spectrum. She being a conservative Christian and me being more liberal minded leaning. Um, granted, we both realized that we both don't really relate to our parties anymore. I'm definitely not a Democrat. She's definitely leaning away from being called a Republican. Um, we met more in the middle and we believe that there should be a third party and we talk about that. And so, you know, people who are rapidly finding themselves not in alignment with either the left or the right are all finding common ground. And it's sacred common ground. And here we go. Enjoy this conversation where you hear us discussing these same topics. Enjoy. All right. We're here. Yeah. Brianna Sagdahl is our guest today. Good to see you, Brianna. Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, it's great to be here today. Yeah. So we're we're by the way we're in my studio with the the child running around. So you're gonna hear lots of joyous laughter and interruptions. Hope that's okay <laughs> with y'all. <laughs> but Brianna, you're a mom of two. Yes, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. And a husband, and you live out in the Malala, beautiful area out there. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And we connected through a mutual friend who you have done activism with. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. We met at the Capitol and, and rallied for medical freedom together. Yeah. yeah. Yay. All right. And so um, we met at a little birthday gathering mm -hmm. for her son the other day. And like weirdly, I had just come back from like, this crazy, crazy protest event where I filmed a clip of the police kneeling and that went viral. But I also got a, immediately just got some really negative feedback for put, even posting that clip. So I was sharing that with you at the party and you and I just sat down for like an hour and just like really connected. 
like deeply. And ironically, I didn't even know who I was talking to. But, you know, at one point you told me you had just run for Multnomah County Commissioner and lost. But you had Clackamas, Clackamas, Clackamas County. Sorry, yeah. Clackamas County. Thank you. So and I had just been supporting Ozzy Gonzalez for mayor of Portland. So we both had a lot of, you know, connection on um, politics. And, um, and then not to mention, I had a really strong interest in hearing what you were saying to, you know, to all different kinds of issues, especially related to what's going on in our country right now with COVID and the protests about black lives being important and coming to realize soon, you know, into our discussion that you're actually conservative and Republican and, and, and Christian, which is like amazing that we were sitting in the table, like actually agreeing on all that stuff. Cause on everything. I, I'm like, like right everything, down the line, yeah, right yeah. down to the core. <laughs> Cause I'm actually leaning liberal and, I used to be Christian, but I'm like more like kind of all religions or, you know, kind of like the hippie. I kind of am a, am a hippie. Let's sure. just be honest. Right? Okay. Yeah. So like we, we were like blown away. Like we we're like, and then you were saying you kind of have had this happening a lot. You've been wanting to start like a conversation or even a podcast maybe where we talk about the reds and the blues kind of meeting in the middle. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of us that are, and then we would call it the whites. <laughs> so red, white, and blue. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, that white yeah. is like that, um, you know, that sacred ground where mm -hmm. uh, people make an alliance and an agreement to um, meet uh, heart to heart just as human beings and discuss, you know, the issues that we do agree on. And, you know, the beautiful thing, Ryan, is that what I'm seeing is that we agree on so many more things than then we're being led to believe in this, mm. you know, divide and conquer tactic yeah. of the media. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, it's really unfortunate, like in my race, what we ended up with were two really polarized individuals running against one another. And, you know, in, in, in most of the issues, what I presented was this really nice, uh, happy medium <clears throat> where like, okay, I'll, I'll just give you one example. Like, so for the courthouse, Clackamas County courthouse is, uh, it's tiny. It is um, unable to serve the growing population of Clackamas County and it needs to be replaced. And it's been a uh, part of the plan since like 1985 to move the Clackamas County courthouse to the red soils uh, campus in, in um, the Oregon city area. And so our, our courthouse is, you know, more or less, uh, crumbling. We've got issues with the ductwork and, um, you know, airflow and, you know, it's going to end up in the Willamette if we have even like the tiniest of earthquakes. So it definitely needs to be replaced. Um, but the plan is to use 190 million uh, tax dollars in order to completely build like this homage to injustice, as I called it. Right. Yeah. And, and really like, until we start getting more constitutional courts, I don't feel comfortable creating a, a mega dome to um, lawlessness, in my opinion. Mm. You know, and <clears throat> so I want the I want the focus to be on having an actual just court. Anyways, that's I kind of digress. But <laughs> okay, we do that. Here. Yeah, all of my food. Awesome. That's awesome. Good job, sister. <laughs> She's been making up. Stews of fruit salad for us. Oh, awesome. And more. And more. And yeah. more. Yeah. Fantastic. And they liked my last one. Yay! Ready? You guys need to get in and you go on it now. 
Yeah. <laughs> Why an iguana? Because that's what iguanas eat. They that's like what the they water. Eat, yeah, the... Exactly. That's like, it's like <laughs> an I iguana seen, stew. I've seen that yeah. before. What is that all about? That's, uh, what, that's what they eat. Okay. Well, we got we to gotta get an iguana. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we totally digress there. <laughs> yes. But back to the courthouse. Oh. Anyways, so I propose that we use one of the current abandoned buildings that are in the mm. same vicinity and we repurpose it. Like, mm. why do we have to rebuild something in a particular spot? Wow. Because that was the plan pre-COVID. Yeah. And now, you know, nobody has any money to spare. Businesses yeah. are like quadruple tax. We have redundant taxes coming from the from the state, um, from the county, That's and true. then even from the cities too. And so it just doesn't feel like a very fair conversation. Well, by the way, I love the repurposing idea. And that's a, one of these ideas where we can yeah. cross the aisles because, you know, in my, my liberal circles, we're always talking about the three, the four R's reuse, reduce, recycle, rebuy. Thank or whatever. you. But you get that too. I totally get yeah, that. That's great. Well, and I just don't, like, we have so much government waste and so much yes. government spending. And like our I government is the largest, um, procurer of services of vehicles of gas of emissions of you know you go down the line and government uses more than we the people so if you want to talk about you know cutting carbon and cutting emissions and you know focusing on our environmental issues like let's start in our own backyard like let's hold our government accountable and i think which by the way as you all are listening is a very interesting comment coming from from a conservative because conservatives obviously want less government presence. Right. And, but it's funny that conversation doesn't usually come up that often about government spending on their own luxuries. And it, right. it really does. So, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you. Sweetie. You're going to start it now. We've already we're, started. Yeah. We're recording. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> she sneaks out. Oops. Sorry guys. <laughs> Oh man. Anyways, she's trying to keep us on our toes. See, this is what I love about like more liberally minded people. Like that would be completely just like unacceptable in a conservative podcast. I know. Like, Have you seen the guy? There was like a couple like a year ago or something. There's a, a some sort of news broadcast. I don't it might have been CNN or something. But um there was a guy being interviewed, like he's a professor or something, but he was at home working and his Asian wife, um, Oh, like a little kid opens the door to his office while he's on like the news. Sure. And he's on a Skype call, but like it's evening or something. So he must have been at home. Yeah. The kid comes in and is like dancing around. And you see, <laughs> you see this Asian woman, his wife, like horrified, well, horrified like, running into the kind of like with socks on, like screeching to a halt, like Tom Cruise in that movie. <laughs> and she like grabs the kid and then she's holding a baby in her other arm. Oh, and no. she's trying to get the baby out the door, but the baby's not coming. And the kid, and the dad's like, kind of like, what's going on? And he pauses for a moment in the middle of this interview and he's shaking his head. You can tell he's mortified. And then finally the wife like closes the door and get out of there. And he's just like, he kind of pretends like it didn't happen. And it went viral on the internet because everybody's like, when you just got to admit that you're at home. Right. Yeah. For <laughs> you know? sure. For sure. And so, cool. yeah, so I'm trying to keep it real here. Yeah. We're at, we're at home. This is COVID time. Stasia, Stasia. Stasia, try to keep it down a little bit. That's a little too much. <laughs> but Definitely yes, our point is being made. Well, and anyway. you know, and that's something that, like, I think that that like here's another issue, right? So, like, conservatives uh, don't believe in um, abortion, for example. Like, well, how about we start supporting women to like have their kids, 
right? Like, Aww. how about we make kids more prevalent? There you go. I yeah. think our children need to be more visible and a mm. little bit more audible. Beautiful. You know, thank you. Yeah, you know, honestly, as a, as a as a father now, I see the most. You know, especially because of COVID, I think for a lot of us, our priorities in life has become really clear. I don't know about you, but like family is like number one for me, and yeah. I noticed how little time I've been getting to spend with my family no and thanks to COVID now that we're spending we actually love each other we've made it through like sure there's been the budding heads moment like you're in your my space get out of here right now but like most of the time we're just like oh I crave this time with you I'm finally getting to spend time with you and my daughter's just like so much happier than she's ever been right your kids are oh yeah. yeah yeah it's been transformational so you realize all of a sudden that like the kids should be the you know the number one moment so if they want to be on our podcast fine Right. Yeah. Whatever. But I see your point. And I, I well, I just think that. like we need to be supporting women a lot more, and dads, and dads. Well, you know, you. Yeah. like really, like the family is the backbone yeah. of American society, and that's where we need to reshift yeah. our focus to. You know, as um, the breadwinner in our family, and that that's not always the case. Sometimes women are the breadwinner, but um, I've noticed that I even work out of home, and I still barely even have time to participate in the home activities, and it has been so nice to just have things slow down during COVID because I'm able to like clean the house like I did for you this morning, you know, and like spend two hours on a Sunday morning cleaning the house. And it's like, Oh man, I can participate too, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. Supporting dads to actually break out of the work, especially if they're the breadwinners and just get back into the family. Yeah. It's been super nice. And I want to say like, um, gosh, dads are so important. Oh, and, um, you got a good husband. I do. I have an Props amazing your husband. husband. What's his name again? Matt. Matt. Hey, yeah. Matt. Props to you. <laughs> he was really sweet when I talked to him. He's like holding good... your kid in his arm yep. and chasing the other one. That's what I'm. That's how I met. He's a good man. <laughs> he's a really good man, and um, you know, and he's the reason that I was able to run for office. He completely Beautiful. supported everything that I did, and um, yeah, really grateful for him. And so dads are so vital to our society. And I think that is a really, you know, powerful segue into, um, you know, what's happening in the black community in particular with, uh, with men. Um, because I think, you know, what's going on is (sighs) it's sickening, right? Um, families are being destroyed and, um, You know, and I think like kind of the silver lining to come out of these protests and all of this anger and outrage, I think the one thing that we can come together and look at is, oh my gosh, we really agree like on this issue. And maybe we don't have as much societal, you know, racism as we do necessarily systemic and Mm. policies that you know, and, and weigh in and let me know, like, maybe I'm totally off base on this, you know? Um, but maybe it's more of, you know, a systemic issue that we need to address through, you know, limiting our government and, um, Mm. you know, repealing legislation that is clearly not working like compass, for example, Mm. you know, um, we have, you know, racial profiling, before a police officer even gets out of their vehicle, they're pulling up license plates, um, they're checking driver's license, and people have a rating now. You know, we're like slowly coming into this era of social scoring. And how horrible would that be if our, you know, if we ended up like China? Right. Or if you haven't heard their social scoring now, every I know. citizen of a 
and you're denied like the basic rights. Like you can't travel if your social score is too low. Like, yeah. right. Like that's where we're headed. Yeah. Yeah. Like straight up black mirror type of, you know, black mirror. Yeah. yeah it's that's, a, that's a crazy show, by the way. It which, is. And which it's is crazy. Scary, Cause it's like, but it's coming true. It's true. <laughs> Yeah. I know. I sometimes wonder if these are like self-fulfilling prophecies. Mm. Like, darn you, George Orwell. <laughs> I know. Or How did you know? In a, in a way, and this is where I come from with Sacred Rebel in a lot of ways, or disclosure. Yeah, for sure. Things that are already happening that, sure, like, yes, I agree with you. There is the self-fulfilling prophecy. What you focus on is what you'll create, as well as, like, did you know that there's a lot of things going on already setting the stage for a lot of these right, things that Black Mirror right. is talking about? Right. Like, you know, it certainly wasn't a self-fulfilling prophecy to have the CIA, like, run, you know, crack cocaine through South Central. Right. We yeah. didn't know about that. No, <laughs> we certainly didn't manifest Thank that in any which way. Thank you point. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yes. It's totally about disclosure. Yeah. I just, yeah. you know, I like to kind of say it on the flip side just to... Yeah. Which I love. That's perfect. <laughs> we need to flip side each other and listen, you know. Oh, no. Who's calling? Is that your husband? No. Oh. It is... Okay. Uh, they can wait. They, they can, can wait. wait. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you have to wait, whoever you are. <laughs> um, no, but, you know, I think, like, what's really important right now is coming together and having these conversations, like like we were talking about, yeah. um, and meeting in that, that sacred space, that sacred yes. ground. And I love that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know. It is sacred ground. It really. is. You know, yeah. like, when, we, when we sat at that table and we didn't even know each other's backgrounds. But we agreed on everything, and then we realized, oh, you're concerned. Oh, you're that's crazy. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was sacred because we saw each other as humans first. Oh, and I wanted to bring that up too. Like you know, going back to your race, your 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 Clackamas County Commissioner political race. Um, you were telling me that you know that race as well as like the mayor race and a bunch of other races are nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting to me. Oh uh, yeah, you know because in a way you have an opportunity to be seen as a human being, not as a Democrat or a Republican. You'd wish. You'd hope. Right. But you were saying something about how people would not hesitate to ask you whether you're a Democrat or Republican, trying to dig into you about where you were coming from. Right. When really what all you would answer was just what your platform was, right? I, I really just tried to push the issues. Yeah. And I really just tried to like lead. And, you know, it's, what's funny, once again, is that by looking at where I stand on the issues – People aren't able to tell which side of the aisle I'm I on. I love that. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just crazy, right? Because well, it should be. Well, it really should. I mean, yeah. like, are we fighting people or are we fighting issues? Mm. And I think that's where Beautiful. it wow. really needs to come. That's where we need to get back to is yeah. we need to be fighting for change and not fighting one another. And, you know, it's so funny that you said that. Okay, so as a Republican or a conservative, whatever you want to label yourself as, or I don't like labels, so maybe we don't need to label each other. But okay. how about this? As a person who has seen the inside circles of the conservative party, let's call it that. Okay. And me, too. Because I don't consider myself a liberal. I lean liberal, but I, I've seen those sides, right? Yeah. More than I've seen your sides. Do you feel like that the the call for change is stronger than ever with the conservative? I mean, you think of conservative, and just the word conservative means conserve, no change. Liberal progressive wants change. Like, but now what are your feelings about just the, you know, the call for change within that? Well, that's that interesting. That's a really interesting perspective. Um, so I would say conservative meaning as in you take a measured response to things. Okay. 
That would be my perspective. A measured response. A measured response. And why measured? So measured as in not necessarily emotional or passionate Mm. or reactionary. Beautiful. But a measured response is sitting down and thinking about things like logically and critically. Beautiful. um, Before stepping out into action. And um, you know what's interesting? Can I just say? Yeah. That is the one thing about the protests which I have had some issues with is that it's all been rage and outcry, which I fully understand. And I'm with that part of it. Like there is out. I mean, when I saw what happened to George Floyd, I mean, for me personally, I raged inside. I raged inside and wanted like to just do horrible things to the system. I think we all did. I had, I had Molotov cocktails in my brain, right? you know, but like I didn't go out and do them because personally I know from my years of experience in politics, I majored in politics, that the most effective way to make change is number one through civil conversations like we're having right now. Exactly. And you can go and get your rage out, but just know that that's not the way that the most of the change is going to happen. Yeah. You know, sorry. Absolutely. So anyways, no. Okay. So, so you're asking me like, am I seeing like this push for change? Mm-hmm. What I'm seeing is for um, a massive push for reform. And so, so here's two really interesting things about yeah. Oregon, right? So yeah. like Oregon is its own political microcosm and you, we cannot compare national politics or even another state to the state of Oregon. We have had 40 <laughs> years. Wow. Okay. No, we're, seriously. We're our own republic, aren't we? <laughs> we, well, if that's what you want to call it, it's more like mob rules. But yeah, interesting. Like, okay, look, Oregon has had 40 years, 40 years of one party rule. What? Which party? The Democrat party. Oh, I did not, uh, in, in state or Portland politics? Both. Both? Both. Both. Wow. In particular, which is so interesting because as you may understand now, like the whole state is red except Portland and Eugene. Well, is what I understand, right? No, no, necessarily. Okay. So that's interesting. Okay. Okay. So Clackamas County, Multnomah County and uh, Washington County or Metro. Yeah. Okay. Um, and parts of Metro, like those are sort of the primary holdouts. Like, so for cap and trade, for example, and that was like a really big misunderstood issue, which the Democrats, for example, yeah. in our state, oh, that's, ended up saying that people are trade, <laughs> okay. But hold on, hold on. I don't believe in cap and trade, by the way. But we can go there. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, well, we should go there. At some I have point, conspiracy theory ideas about it. But go ahead. Well, I have so much information to explain to people, but we'll just—I'll just say this, okay? Yeah. The Democrats, literally, Jenny Burdick and yeah. Peter Courtney. So the the from the and Tina Kotek. So mm-hmm. Tina Kotek is the Speaker of the House. <clears throat> Peter Courtney is the Senate Majority Leader, and then um, Jenny Burdick is like she steps in and she is the speak. She is the Majority Leader at times, um, and and she's also like she whips votes at times too. Okay. Anyway, bottom line is Jenny Burdick told the press that the people were too stupid to understand cap and trade and therefore they could not refer the vote to the people. Whoa. And so the Republicans just kept pushing and pushing and pushing to refer cap and trade to the ballot yeah. because they want us, we the people to be able to vote. And, and literally it is a tax and any tax should be, and in by our constitution states, it can only pass the two thirds majority. See, what I hear when the Democrats are saying that they don't want the people to vote because they can't understand it is what they're saying is we don't want the people to understand it. Thank you. Yeah. And that's what that's what my conspiracy theory is about cap and trade. It says there's shady stuff going on behind the scenes. Totally. Where cap and trade is actually not what we think it is. And it's going to 
it's going to enable people who are on the elite to profit, but it's not going to really help what right. we're trying to do. Well, and here's the thing, like there was a clause in this, this last sessions form of cap and trade, which was uh, uh, HB 1530. And it would have created a total media blackout. So for currently we can file public records requests as, as just individuals or as press. Okay. And we can uh, get public records from the governor's office okay. um, about issues, uh, you know, pertaining to whatever story or whatever we're trying to find out. Right. So if I want the governor's, I, if I want the governor's emails from this date to that date, then I just put in a public request and it's, there's actually like a, um, a, a uh, website in a, in a form that you, you know, go in and just fill it out really quick. And yeah. Um, and that all of that information belongs to us, the people, right? Because the governor works for us. We pay her salary yeah. and all of her information belongs to us. Thank you. And yeah. um, but that would not have been the case with cap and trade. And what this, yeah. Oh my God, this is news to me. Wow. Well, so yeah. So there was a clause that would have completely blocked out oh any God. information. So like, whoa, that's for example, everything I just said. They don't want us to know what it's about. I know. Oh my God. So like, say for wow. example, like California comes in, they buy up all the credits at auction. Right. right. And then, uh, or, or say maybe a foreign state, yeah. like maybe China, right. They need credits. Maybe India needs credits because they pollute yeah. like, you know, a right. MF or, yeah. <laughs> right. And, and so in an effort to be compliant on the global scale or whatever, they buy up all little organs, you know, credits. And then like mom and pop shops can't operate anymore. Mm. Right. Like you just put out your favorite sub company. Right. That's the point I'm trying to make. Your little bakery you go down to in the morning, you get your, you know, your bagels, your croissants and your coffee. It's kind of like what it ends up doing is centralizing power. It totally does. Right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And like, and to me, being conservative means we de- decentralize power, right. and like we're constantly making sure that there's not an accumulate an accumulation or a monopoly yeah. on wealth or the ability to create wealth. Which, by the way, is the core principle between behind Bitcoin. But like any good new novel idea, it gets co-opted. Totally, which we've talked totally. about already. <laughs> yeah, but I like the idea of blockchain technology because mm-hmm. it's like potentially unhackable unhackable i mean i don't know i'm not i'm like totally technologically no you're right you're right it's supposed to that the core of it is that it's supposed to be unhackable i mean do you know how a a coin a bitcoin is created no no can Can i speak to that yes please it's insane and actually it's not environmentally friendly at all oh so (laughs) they they task a computer to solve an algorithm that's basically a, a human would never be able to solve it and it would it takes computers even a computer like a long time to solve one of these algorithms. And so what they end up doing is they one computer's like let's just say my laptop, right, was trying to solve one of these problems. It would take months and months and months and months for it to figure out this math problem. And what? yeah, it's crazy. And so and then you would like let's say the supercomputer of the world, there's only like a few, right? They could probably solve it in a couple hours or a day or whatever, but there's only a, a limited number of those supercomputers. So what people are doing now, like in China and Mongolia even, they have these centers they're tying together the computers to share the processing power to create their own little mini supercomputers. Is that what a blockchain is? Um, not quite. Oh, okay. But they're they're called um, crypto centers or something. I don't oh, even okay. Know. But like basically, they're these huge warehouses now, and they're they're actually combining like a lot of these poorer countries are bringing in older laptops, but then when they tie them all together in a network, they they create this 
massive amount of processing power. And every day they can they can actually solve tons of these Bitcoin problems. And so they're they're generating Bitcoin because the whole point of Bitcoin is that once you solve that equation, that math equation, which by the way changes all the time, every time you solve it, then there's a new one. And my brain like it's right, already I don't like, even understand it either. Um but then once you solve it, you get a Bitcoin. And so you can task your computer. If you want to just generate Bitcoin, you can task your computer to try to solve these problems. And it will. But it, it's like after six months, you'll get a Bitcoin. So yay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but like okay. these computers. So these basically, these companies have invested in all this money in these computers. But can you imagine the electricity draw? Yeah, that's that? crazy. And it's not a sustainable currency. Because if you want to keep just generating all this Bitcoin, it's like the whole world's going to be having these power issues. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly. But, you know, back to cap and trade, which is interesting because it could all tie in where, you know, we're all trying to generate. It'll incentivize people to generate sustainable energy. But at the same time, it's like I think what's happening is it's being co-opted. The idea was for every individual to be generating Bitcoins off their laptops. Now what's happening is it's not worth it to me to generate Bitcoin on my laptop because there's these companies out there now that have that have the ability to generate Bitcoin in hours to days versus wow. me only six months. So big people with money are now co-opting it. Of course. And it's it's yeah. big basically what's gonna happen is the people who have the money are gonna be the ones that own the Bitcoin generation. Wow. It's going to be centralized when the whole point was to decentralize it. Yeah. So Bitcoin has now become a the controversial topic, which is oh, why, it's not, doing so well. <laughs> that's why it's not doing so well. Yeah. Well, that's why I think we really need to move back to a commodities-based currency. Yeah. Right? Like, all of our money is fiat, and it has been fiat since, what, like, yeah. I think it was, like, May 9th, 1939, right? Yeah. The whole, like, the New Deal, um, just, like, the raw New yeah. Deal is what it should have been called. The raw New Deal? <laughs> yeah. The raw deal. Oh, the raw deal. Yeah. R A W. The raw yeah. deal. Yes, yes. But uh, I mean, I I understand. Like it was, you know, parts of that was necessary in order to bring our country out of that, you know, complete devastation of yeah. the depression. But I mean, we're building up to that, you know, depression part two right now. Absolutely. And, like, we are. We are. We're there. Like we're yeah. going to end up. You They're know, calling this it time, the Greater Depression. The now. Greater Depression. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean. Really, it's interesting because, you know, conservatives are not necessarily anti Like, for example, like, I would consider myself to be an environmentalist. Yeah, you love animals. I absolutely love animals. I moved yeah. to the country because I'm a steward of the land. Like, oh. our family has lived off the land, you know, in, in agriculture, in agricultural terms. Can I um, pause you right there? Yeah. I'm just going to, because I want to hear what you're saying about, and by the way, you're talking about the Greater Depression and being a conservative, but also being an environmentalist, right? Can I just pause you right there? Sure. Don't forget that, because I want to hear where you're going. But I'm going to interrupt you. I spent a greater portion of two years of my life as a Christian environmentalist, advocating with this group called Target Earth. We went around to multiple Christian music festivals around the country, genuinely trying to get Christians to understand that the Bible in Genesis, is it 317 or 319? I think it's 317. It talks about how it's our call to be stewards of the earth. Right. And Genesis 3.17 is about how we have dominion over the earth, right? Mm -hmm. But if you dive into that word dominion in the Latin translation versus other translations, like it could mean stewardship or it could mean dominate. And it's interesting that, you know, Christians at the hand of 
political parties, like the, the conservative parties, have taken the stance that that word means dominate, and so corporations have had free run of the earth. When a person like me, who was neither Democrat nor Republican at that point in my life, but actually at that point in my life leaning Republican because I was a Christian, was trying to convince people in my life and my circles that it actually meant we were supposed to be stewards. Okay. You know, can, I, yes. can I blow your mind really fast? <laughs> please, yes, please. Okay. So um, I know that there is that uh, misconception okay. about conservatives and um, environmentalism. Yeah. I think there's two main points to address. Okay, please. Okay, like for one, <laughs> for cap and trade, for example. Yeah. Um, did you know that all of Oregon's biggest polluters had a carve out in cap and trade? No. Yeah. Wow. The only reason it didn't pass last year, 2020, yeah. um, the only reason why the Democrats didn't have the votes is because Senator, Senator Monis, Monis Anderson, um, she represents uh, Gresham. Okay. Boeing is in her district. Oh, they're in Gresham. Back up here, we're recording again. No. <laughs> we just we just lost the recording for a second, so we had to get it back started again. And of course, Brianna, I started into a fun topic. Wait, so what did you just say? Oh, goodness. Say this again. Okay, but I want to get back to cap and trade. Okay, like, we'll hold that thought. Oh, good grief. So where were you just going? <laughs> okay, so what I was saying is I, I honestly believe that humanity is devolving, not evolving. Interesting. Um, and, I, and I truly believe that we had technology, you know, I don't know, in Plato's day or, you know, yeah. Roman Empire and uh, prior... Because Plato talked about the city of Atlantis. Yes. With all this amazing technology. Well, but then also, like, you look at how the pyramids were built, and we cannot replicate that. Yeah, they've today. actually taken cranes yeah. out to try to lift the same size blocks. and right. the, the biggest cranes in the right. world that we have to not do it. Exactly. How the Like, we could that? not recreate that yeah, today. Yeah, we can't do it. And so I, I believe that we had tools and we had um, things, uh, technology available Mm -hmm. uh, then that we don't have today. Or you that don't we believe, lost. by the way, that 7,000 slaves rolled up on no, the I don't. Okay. I don't. Just I saying. Don't. Just saying. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's just as it's just as plausible that we had giants roaming the earth back then who built it. Actually, I'm listening to some theories Enoch. about that right now. Yeah, the Book of Enoch. Yes, the Book of Enoch. Yeah. And they've found all over the world yeah. skeletons Skulls, that were this. Yeah, Twelve to twenty yeah. foot range. It's true. Yeah. yeah, and the Smithsonian has like uh, oh. hidden this information. Yes, yeah. high five. <laughs> this woman, Brianna, you are like <laughs> in the same realm of stuff I've been studying. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. I think we all have our like own personal journey. Like, oops. Yes, and that is why, by the way, hold on. That is why I'm doing this podcast because I think a lot of the things like that we just mentioned, by the way, are in a lot of our minds, whether we're Democrat, Republican communist, socialist, whatever. We all have these ideas, and I think they're coming to the f forefront of our minds right now as the world, the house of cards that is the world systems are crumbling. Right, and, and they want to keep boxing us in. They want to yeah. keep us divided and conquered and yeah. fighting one another. And yeah. um, and I think like we have a particular class of individual who is stepping up and is not falling for those traps. And what's interesting is it's almost like cult behavior. Yeah. Like when I talk about needing, you know, radical judicial reform, I get crucified from the right. When I talk about like um, I've been crucified lately too by the fire. Yes, left. you have. <laughs> and it's like yeah. cult mentality. Like when it someone is. goes to leave the cult, everyone like yeah. 
you know, harasses and barrages them and berates them with, you know, yeah. insults and so forth. And it's like, yeah. that's scary right there. They told me that I needed right an intervention. I'm like, what? I need an intervention. I wasn't even trying to activist. I was just recording a moment. And you, hit, a you hit film. You hit record. Know, and like, yeah. yeah, and now you need an intervention. Interve like, that's some sick thought right there, though. It's weird. Yeah. It is weird. And, and we're seeing it on both sides. Yeah. And so when people are meeting in the middle and agreeing and they're coming from two radically, you know, different perspectives and yeah. they're being told by everyone in society and, and, and the media and, and every school of thought that, you know, we don't agree on anything and we're just, you know, clashing heads and, you know, and you're the enemy and I'm the enemy. Right. Like, but when we actually sit down and we have these conversations, we realize like that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. There's something really wrong going on here, right? Yeah. Like there's something really different and, and like in order to get to the root of it, we're going to have to dispel all these labels and all of these boxing ins and, um, and we're going to have to start talking to each other. I love it. I honestly believe that that's the only way that we're going to solve any issues and evolve in our society rather than right. evil. Because like you said, like what makes, like what makes a person say that we're devolving as a society? Like, well, look, I mean, look what's happening. I just lost the friendships that were the closest to me over this post that I made. That's nuts. I made, I made one post about how the police took a knee and I thought that was beautiful and I got nailed by the, some of the people that were the closest to me in my life for, for, for harming the Black Lives Matter movement, which, by the way, what I witnessed was the black leaders of the Black Lives Movement asking the police to take a kneel, and that's what I filmed and said, how beautiful is that? And then I'm told that, like, that was harming the Black Lives Matter movement because that is police doing a what they call a tactic to take the movement attention away from the black lives that need to be lifted up and elevated and and giving some of that credibility back to the police which honestly i'm not playing a game here i'm just witnessing a moment of love i'm not trying to promote the police i'm not trying to promote the black lives matter i'm just saying oh my god look at these humans they're so loving this is amazing yeah and if there's a game being played underneath i'm not seeing it i don't know well you the know? only game that i see currently is that we can somehow mobilize you know millions of people to protest in the streets mm. and yet we can't mobilize these same people to get their asses to salem excuse my french no but, this is perfect but seriously yeah. like and and so the game that i see is that in <laughs> whoever is like orchestrating mm. you know rioting but then not organizing individuals to work on legislation exactly is Funding. They're Thank helping you. fund the police yes. state. And yes. so the hypocrisy just totally blows my mind. Interesting. Right? Because, so, guess who's going to show up in Salem? Like, regardless of any right. of these people ever take a step yeah. into our capital or write or email a legislator or, you know, have anything to do with, you know, change, real change, yeah. guess who is going to show up next legislative session? The police unions and their oh, lobbyists. Oh, wow. They pay a lot of money for lobbyists. Yeah. And they're going to show up next session and they're going to say, listen, our officers were tired. Mm -hmm. They were overwhelmed. Um, they had, you know, projectiles lobbed at them. Mm -hmm. And then we were, you know, blamed for using nonviolent force. And so we need better means of, you know, protecting the city. And, and this is exactly. the amount of damage that happened. And, and this is what it costs taxpayers. And honestly, that sounds pretty reasonable. 
they're like my cousin is in the police force in Portland. He's he's a very well known officer. I went on the street and talked to officers and protesters, and every single officer knew my cousin. Okay, he's he's a captain in the force, and he's a detective, and he's a very sweet man. Probably you probably love him. He's not a radical conservative. He is con leaning conservative, but he's just a very calm. And I'm as a liberal, love him. I've always been able to sit down at Christmas meals and Thanksgiving meals and have a conversation like we have with right. him, who's in the Portland City for least. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it's not out of the question, right? Right. And so that's what I'm saying by the the individuals who caused the the looting, not right. the peaceful protest, but right. the looting right. and the violence, whoever and the damage, whoever that, yeah. is perpetrating that, yeah. is essentially creating a funding mechanism for. Oh my God! They're funding the police. Yes. Instead of defunding the police. Exactly. Good point. Okay, so another thing I really want to say to everybody too is, well, let's talk about allies. Like when you have a movement and you're trying, like you're saying, you're trying to get people to Salem to help with legislation. Why aren't people going? Well, like you had an ally in me, people. As far as I don't want to see black people getting hurt anymore or killed. But when you acted the way that I did when I shared a loving moment between the police and the protesters, you lost an ally. You know, it's and, a bummer. And like, now I'm going to be quiet about what you could have uh, had me no. help helping with. Yeah. You know, and I see, like, for example, I used to be really active as an activist, mostly in my life in the environmental movement. And as an environmentalist, I knew that we were on shaky ground with public support. So what I would do would be very gently and softly bring people into the movement rather than say to them, like, shame on you for right. throwing away that You're thing. the problem. You're the problem. Right. You didn't throw that in the, tr in the compost you threw in the trash. You need to learn and, and blah, blah, blah. And you know what that does? That just makes people go, ooh, I don't like that. Your energy sucks, you know? Yeah. And so I knew that we would gently need to get people in. But I, what I see the social justice movement, and I'm sorry to say this, is like there's a lot of shaming going on. And how are you expecting to, like, bring people into your movement when we really do support you, but now I'm not interested in helping you. That's so <laughs> on point because nobody wants to be wrong. Right. Like ever. Like no, yeah. like it's hard enough to like hear criticism, yeah. but it really seems like there's this like public crucifixion of anybody who does rise up to take personal yeah. responsibility. And that is where we need to be careful because yeah. when someone steps up and says, listen, I recognize the role that I played in this yeah. and I don't want to have that anymore yeah. or I want to do X, Y, or Z to change it. Yeah. Like we need to be applauding those people and we need to be supporting them and not just like laying on, you know, the blame or whatever it is. Yeah. Like we need to create a space that is um, sacred, right? I love that phrase. Yes. Sacred, sacred ground. Sacred ground <laughs> where um, everybody's right. Mm. There is a win-win. There is a way to make everybody right and, um, you know, or correct or whatever the term you want to use. Um, and and have conversations without blame. Absolutely. Um, and there's a way to say, look, these are just the facts. And, and this is like, okay, so back to like cap and trade, right? Yes. I'm going to circle back to Please. cap and trade yes. here. These are how our podcasts work, by the way. I'm sacred girl. <laughs> they come full circle. <laughs> As long as we get back to it, yes. right? So, but back to cap and trade, like a lot of people were angry that it didn't get passed and they were saying, yeah. you know, but this would have, you know, created a tax for the largest polluters. Well, no, it would not have. Um, there's two reasons for that. One is that 
all of Oregon's largest polluters were given an exemption. And, and ironically enough, those same companies were the largest donors to Kate Brown. Just saying. Is so she a Nike, Republican or a Democrat? Uh, I don't Kate, even know. Kate Brown's a Democrat. Is she? Okay. Mm-hmm. And She's, I shouldn't know that because she does, as Oregon governor, run a partisan ticket, right? Very partisan. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and it's ironic that for mayor, there's no partisanship to it. I don't think that's really possible. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Because okay. Ted, Ted Brown is a Democrat for sure, right? Ted Wheeler? Yeah. Sorry, Ted Wheeler. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which is interesting because when he was running against the other candidates... They all are two of them. Ozzy and Teresa seemed way more democratic than he did. Interesting. From the platform he came across, seemed very conservative, in my opinion, compared to Ozzy and Teresa. Wow. Interesting. Really interesting. You know what? I really like Sam Adams. I thought he was a great <gasps> mayor, and Aww. like I, uh, I don't care that he's gay, and Aww. I honestly like. I mean, okay, it sucks that there was some scandal in his um, campaign, or what, like whatever, yeah. but. Like, I'm sorry, who hasn't, you know, slept with a staffer like Sam? If you're yeah. hearing this, I love you, buddy. We miss you. <laughs> you should have ended up yeah. getting uh, elected to the city council. That's that's a bummer. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, uh, that being said, so back to cap and trade. Yeah. Like, there was no, uh, there really was no tax to the largest polluters, um, for one. And for two, um, all that cost just gets passed down to the consumer. Um, likewise, there was another bill called the Student Success Act, right? Yes. Air quotes. Okay, I've heard um, that. And so what it did was it created what's called the Corporate Activity Tax. Oh. And the governor had the opportunity to not have it start because it was supposed to go into effect, um, like right now, okay. in the middle, smack dab, in the middle of COVID-19. Oh, wow. Um, so... And they passed it with an emergency clause, which means we really can't repeal it. Um, and the other thing is that it's actually a price. I mean, so really it's a price gouging tax um, to us, the consumer. And it was never, all, that money was never going to go to education. So in order to have money allocated or earmarked for a particular uh, issue, like education, for example, it would have to have a constitutional amendment that states where this money is going to go. We didn't have that. So the Student Success Act is literally more money going into the general fund, which Peter Courtney said on the Senate floor, uh, you know, well, it'll just like free up some funds and then we'll be able to allocate some money towards education. No, that's not good enough. That's not, there's no accountability. Where's the rest of it going? Thank you. Yeah. It's a PERS reform bill. Wow. But really, I mean, like, so honestly, it's in order to like, pay for purse because it's it such sounds a mess. like the $500 hammer story in the Pentagon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they do that. They try to like yeah. allocate funds for something that's very ambiguous. And then really they're only spending $5 on the hammer and 495 is going to somebody's pockets. Or it's going to a system that's completely unsustainable. Did you know that we have purse retirees in the state that are making more per month than you and I combined are making what? a year? What? Oh my gosh. Like $200,000 a month for some of our PERS retirees. I mean, it's insane. Is that in public record? Oh yeah. It's all public record. And nobody's calling them out on that? We are. I mean, our side's calling it out. Good, because that's taxpayer money. I Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I mean, the Democrats have this idea that like, you guys don't like your money or something. (laughs) 
That's interesting, right? It really is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And and or that you guys have no idea like how government works. I and, think like, that's it. Yeah. I really do. I know from my circles. I think. Okay, so this is what I think, and sorry for those of you who disagree with me in my liberal circles, but I really think what most of us are, and this is just going to be a total general stereotype, but a lot of us, and not all of us, a lot of us are wearing our hearts on a sleeve, and a lot of us are kind of, you know, artsy, fartsy type people, or, you know, yeah, I would say we're not the kind of people that are very good with money in general, you don't know how to bean count very well. And so what we do is we want these humanitarian laws in effect and social services that will help people with sob stories. Um, but then when it comes to the implementation of it, we have no idea. Or yeah. Or we don't follow it or we don't we don't investigate. We don't That's follow really through. Fair. And I would say conservatives are more the bean counter types. And they want to know where every single penny's going to. Because we're paying for it. You're paying for it, yeah. <laughs> and and generally, conservatives are the ones who own businesses and are good at it. Right. And what makes you a good business owner? Well, you freaking track where every bean goes. Right. And if it's not going somewhere that it should be going, you cut it. Right. And that's what you're good at doing in politics. <laughs> exactly. Um. Thank you for saying that. Well, sure. Wow. That's my impression. That was like... <laughs> That felt really good. Right. On. <laughs> and I have to say, I'm as a business owner now, myself, learning. I'm learning where how poor I am at counting those beans. Ooh. And, you know, we've made so much progress in our businesses. But realizing now that we're looking at our financial analysis over the past couple of years, we have a lot. It's like we took two steps forward and two and then or one step forward and two steps back. Like it's that thing about uh, lifestyle creep. Uh, like yeah. you earn more money and then you spend more money and oh, you don't yeah. realize it. Yeah. You have no, you don't realize it unless you're counting your beans. And, and you know what's are. funny is like you've got people that are looking at you or like looking at me yeah. and being like, you guys are rich and you guys right. don't, you don't, <laughs> like, need, we don't, you don't have, money. have money. Yeah. You're like, what money? You're right. Like, what like, money? I don't we're still living money. paycheck to paycheck. Exactly. Like, yeah. Now we have a house that we can yeah. like actually like, you know, not touch each other in when, you know, we're cooking or using the bathroom, but yeah. you know, <laughs> cause we're not living in a commune anymore <laughs> <laughs> or like a shoe box, you yeah. know, but or like, a shoe box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like our first house was literally a shoe box. Like you'd be like in yeah. the, you know, in the kitchen and <laughs> like handing, you know, my husband a roll of toilet paper. Like, <laughs> That's kind of like how we live. Right. Honestly. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, okay, so like, so now, yeah, so now we have a little bit bigger house, like we can stretch out, we're like not, you know, tripping over each other. That's our dream. Sure. And yeah. and it's a lot of people's dream. And, yeah. but you have to work to get there. Like exactly. you have to invest well and like, yeah. like nothing was ever given to me and especially not because of the color of my me skin. Too. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I'm with you on that, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Worked for every penny. So I totally yeah. understand where people come from now. Yeah. And they say that, you know, like. We weren't given any of this. No, this, we got really lucky, though. Thing, I mean, you know? we did really get lucky with uh, where we were at. Yeah. We were at the right place at the right time when we yeah. were ready to buy into the market. Okay. And um, so we didn't even have that much money down. But the, the first-time homebuyer programs at yeah. the time, um, they were really good. And we we had to look like high and low, but we were finally able to find a house that was in our in our price range. And we wrote the owners um, this really beautiful letter, and we begged them to come down in their price just a little bit. Aww. Like the house had been sitting on the market for a while at like one hundred and sixty thousand, yeah. and and we our price range like we could only like the very last top amount we could get financing for was like one hundred and. 
fifty or one hundred fifty. Very low for the Portland area. Oh, I know, I know. Well, it wasn't. It was actually in Vancouver. Oh, okay. No wonder. I was going to say that's unheard of in Portland. I love Vancouver, by the way. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful beautiful. area, and and I miss our neighbors. I miss that community. I really wish we could have stayed there. Actually, but uh. Yeah, so the the owners like acquiesced and they let us buy the house for one hundred and fifty five thousand. Oh, 000. that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. We were like, we're a new family. We have yeah. this new baby. What and, year was that? Uh, I want to say two thousand and maybe sixteen. Oh, not um, that long ago. No, not that long oh, ago. Oh wow, jeez, yeah. that's an incredible price. Jeez. Yeah. Because I don't know if you know this, but median home in Portland is now getting around. At very low end, three hundred thousand. Well, and we could even like we could have long conversations about what's making that happen too. Okay, yeah. Um. There, I mean, because there's a lot, you know, and and the urban growth boundary was put into place to prevent that right there. Oh wow. Okay. And you know the the most incredible thing about the urban growth boundary is that it prevents uh, Portland from getting run down because like you have your four quadrants. And this is the most like beautiful thing that Tom McCall did, and and that you know and why so Portland cool. is so, so studying on our local politicians. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> I love that. So well, Tom McCall has been like a hero of mine since I was like in middle school. Well, that's amazing. I literally just looked him up the other day because of the whole Tom McCall waterfront. Yeah. And something came up in the news about him and how he started that. And I'm like, okay, I have to Google this. And yeah. I was, for the first time, I realized he was always a local politician. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Well, yeah. it was incredible because like you know California was. Um, getting bought, like their politicians were being bought out by GM and, and oil companies, right? Wow. And so they wow. were like just sprawling and sprawling and sprawling so that people would have to drive. To drive. And yeah. Tom McCall was That's like, That's why I moved no out of California. Yeah. The only way I would have survived there is I would have had to have at least an hour commute, if not more. And I know. Some people I know have two hour commutes. Yeah, for sure. They just spend like the majority of their life in, in the car. car. Yeah. That's why podcasts Ugh. are so popular. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyways, yeah, so like, I don't know, all my friends had their like, uh, you know, boy bands as their heroes or whatever, and like, mine were politics, like, you know, Dennis Aww, Richardson, awesome. and like, Tom McCall. That's and, like, amazing. I know, I, well, uh, just kind of weird and nerdy like that. Did you, and you didn't major in politics, did you? No, I didn't. I majored in behavioral psychology and okay. pre-med. Oh, well, behavioral psychology is actually better than <laughs> majoring in politics if you want to be in politics. <laughs> I mean, wow. yeah, actually, but, yeah, so to you tell you the truth. Pre-med, too, wow. Mm-hmm. That's great. So you, I always what, wanted, you, what emphasis in pre-med? Uh, general, just, gen, just, just general, general medicine. Okay. I always wanted to be a doctor. Oh, um, wow. Since I could remember as a kid. Wow. And you could have I done actually, that easily. Well, uh, potentially, but not, like, morally. Like, mm. So I am, you know, actually ended up checking out the system and, like, seeing it firsthand and I was like the pharmaceutical led system yeah yes I was like whoa yeah these people don't care about curing or healing anybody right. and like talk for you that's amazing well wow. I yeah I'm poor but idealistic I know no, it's funny okay so I was going to law school and dropped out for the same exact reason I tell you I, what I was going to go into environmental law and um a, a fam- friend of the family who was a California assemblywoman had been an environmental lawyer for 30 years, and she said, Ryan, let's go out for, for, for coffee. And I'd never met her in person. I'd only heard about her from the family. Um, and she took me out to coffee, and she said, why do you want to be an environmental lawyer? And I told her all my idealistic reasons why I want to you know, change the world. I want to like, make sure that the corporations are kept accountable, blah, blah, blah. She's like, can I tell you what my career has looked like? I'm like, sure. 
So she said, you know, I've worked 80 hours a week for, you know, um, causes where that we were working very, very clearly on the right side. And in the court case, it seemed black and white like we should be winning that case. But the corporate lawyers had teams of lawyers, and it was just me being funded by my law firm because I wasn't bringing in any money, mm -hmm. but they believed in my cause. So they would fund her as a lawyer to go and fight these corporations. And she was the only one. She had maybe an assistant. And they would have teams of people with, right. with and they would do this thing in the law where you can basically create mountains of paperwork. Yeah. It's testimony. What is it? Death. A deposition or injunctions, injunction, or yeah. finally writs, or whatever it is. You know, but you bury yeah. people in paperwork. You bury, yeah. So she said, "I've been just buried in paperwork." Yeah. And these courses, these cases go on for years. Yeah. And you end up losing the case because of one reason or another, and um, it's usually just some sort of technicality in the law. Right. Yeah. Or and the judge just gets tired of hearing <laughs> hours and hours of deposition. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And so she said, um, basically, she made no money. Mm -hmm. For her or for her law firm, and she did barely, if ever, won a case. Wow! And she felt like she's made no difference in the world. Wow! You and know so that's like, incredible. Wow, that's so sad. <laughs> I'm friends. So I'm friends with Erin Brockovich. Oh, are you really? Okay, she's amazing. Yeah, and uh, you know, and wow. it's it's fascinating so cool. because since the era of like Erin Brockovich, that has like yeah. flipped so hardcore. And wow. now it's just the opposite. Like now we have like mining, for example, in the state of Oregon has completely gone under. Like, and wow. it's like literally for the definition of a nozzle, right? So we have a wow. piece of legislation. And so nobody can mine an area for gold anymore unless they have a nozzle that's not bigger than like, you know, one in a, one in a, half inches or something for like that. For spraying water against the earth. Right. Okay. And so that just like put every mom and pop place out of business. And like you have to have, now it's like high dense, I don't know, whatever. But, okay. you know, the so bottom. So the regulations favored the larger businesses. And it broke up a lot of the bigger, I mean, it, it's done some, it's done some things. Oh, it broke up the larger businesses. And it also, yeah. Oh, but it, it also like. flipped it. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, and it, well, okay. So basically, the mom and pops are able to demand that the big ones are not. Is no, that what you're it was, no, it was just the opposite. Opposite, okay. So it broke up. Okay, hold on. Let me let me see if I if I. So it broke up like all these like smaller, um, uh, mine. What are they called? Um, claims. Claims. It broke up go. all these smaller claims. Oh wow! And then it just like only the larger companies yeah. could keep oh interesting everything afloat have you ever so seen it just like gold rush conglomerate tv show gold rush um i think so yeah okay yeah, Iron yeah. ironically the stars of the first season mm -hmm. are from oregon yeah that doesn't surprise yeah, me yeah and they they were all into kind of the mining stuff in oregon mm -hmm. um are you okay i just have a foot cramp i, I just want you to know that if we need to pause and move you can move i'm okay okay I'm a pro. Okay, you're I keep awesome. like waiting for a okay, commercial break. We're, people were in a very tight, cramped studio here. <laughs> um, we're becoming friends very fast. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But anyways, the reason I brought that up is because, ironically, um, they came from very mom and popish type of type of operations, and then when they went to Alaska to compete with like Tony Beats and the other people in there who were running these massive operations, right. they had to really step up their game, right, and make it a huger, a much bigger operation. So mm -hmm. I'm curious as to what 
they're talking about here. That's so interesting. Because a lot of like river keep the river keepers and uh -huh. there's a lot of things that, that happen here in Oregon that put them all out of business. Like they literally can't uh -huh. or but wow. what you can do is you can take out your little like panning yeah. <laughs> and you can like you yes. can just like do your own little yes. like panning. Yeah. Well that's funny. So it's either large scale or okay. it's like there's no like in between. Yeah. It's what okay, so that's what those shows are actually portraying. And so they're the Discovery Channel shows are right on the button and I'm 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 embarrassed because all my environmental friends hate the Discovery Channel because basically that show is all about dominion over the earth rather than stewardship oh, over the earth. Oh, interesting. Isn't that interesting? But what about the restoration projects? Does, like, does, does, does did, are Discovery they not show, show that? I don't know. We don't have TV, so oh, I don't okay. know. Like, I don't you watch guys have, like, often. more televisions. I than, know. <laughs> yeah. We do have a lot of television. I'm a media maker, okay? I'm a filmmaker. That's true. That's but, um, a good point. So we do, we do primary research in our home. We watch TV shows. Good point. <laughs> But yeah, no, seriously, so I've watched some Discovery channels because um, I have a friend who wants to do an Alaska show on the gold rush in the 60s and 70s, and oh, cool. he, or um, the, also the pipeline and everything. There was both going on at the same time, still gold and oil. And so we've been, I, wa I started watching Gold Rush because of that, and um, interestingly enough, they spun out a bunch of different shows off of Gold Rush. One of them is called River Gold or something like that, mm -hmm. and it's the opposite of the big operations and where they bring in these tiny little sluices into these waterfalls and they dig for like nuggets mm -hmm. instead of like the big operations which just they just yeah there's a bunch of gold power. in the rivers here like i don't know why That's people amazing. think it just stopped being made no it's here like, it's definitely here it's not like it's just gone yeah, yeah. like i don't understand people's yeah like it's the earth that like you know, keeps yeah. generating things. Oh, that's true. It's yeah. not like, you know, trees just stop yeah. growing because you cut them down. Well, you know, it's, I don't know, it's so really weird. I'm going to geek out with you here for a second. Okay. So cool. I, I really got into gold for a little while because honestly, and here's why we were going to go do a, a show about the natives of Alaska because we have connections with a, a native tribe up there, the, in, the Inuit. And, um, they have a secret up there, which is that they wanted to pay us to come do a show on them and then get it put on the discovery channel to talk about their message for humanity, which mm -hmm. was that they believe, you know, they've got thousands of years of prophecy coming to fruition right now and that they've never once fought a war, their people, but every other tribe in Alaska and the world has fought wars mm -hmm. and the, their secret to peace is what they wanted to share in this show. Oh, what? I want that. I know, right? And so they wanted to help us get the show funded and they wanted us to come and do a whole season just with the money from the rivers that they know have gold in them. What? And they said there's these secret rivers that they've never told anybody about that they go way up deep into the hills and they have, there's nuggets the size of baseballs. What? And they said we could just go on like a four to five day hiking trip. Come back come loaded. Back loaded with backpacks full of nuggets of gold and then we could fund the show. Dude, what are you doing in Portland right I now? I know. Well, what happened was the, the elders turned over and the mm. new elders don't want it. They don't want people coming up there now. And they said, we don't care if our message doesn't get out. They just don't want the world to come to them anymore. And I'm like, well, you know, that's really sad because they have a really powerful message. But I get it. Like, who would want you, the world coming up to your little piece right. of heaven, you know? <laughs> so that didn't happen. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of with that right now. Like, I'm kind of like, let's get a couple families together Aww. and like buy an island. And yeah. This, I'm showing her the Within Reach movie poster. This is the documentary. I didn't tell you about this, but I biked around the country for two years to visit 100 sustainable communities, and we 
these are all scenes from the different pieces of footage from the movie. Okay. And then a, my cousin. Oh, it's a busky ball. You know, that's the strongest structure known to mankind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Um, uh, Bucky. Bucky. I always think Bucky. Bucky. But yeah, Bucky. Bucky Minister Fuller. And he yeah. invented the geodesic dome. Yeah. Because yeah. it's made of triangles. Yeah. Yeah. And then we applied that. She made this vision of a future city. And it's all made out of the geodesic domes on top of oh, wow. huge buildings. and Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's like sacred geometry. Sacred geometry, yeah. I love that because I, as much as I want to live in a rural area, I still want to be near culture. Mm -hmm. And so I told her, like, you know, can you, I described to her my vision of the world that I would want to live in. I'm like, you know, something like the Alps with the, the beautiful lakes and waterfalls and the forest, but then like a, a beautiful futuristic city with sacred geometry on the hill that we could just hike to and then our little rural area. <laughs> That's still what Constance and I dream of. That's really cool. I love it. Yeah. And we love gardening and Yeah. You know. And and that's the thing. Like you don't like if you don't work, you don't eat. Right? Yeah. So what are your your thoughts? Um let's close this out. I mean, we're like probably 50 minutes in right now. And let's let's give I just want the audience to know um we barely, barely, barely touched on the topics that Brianna and I have talked extensively about over the past week as the world has been what it's doing, crying out for change. And yeah. um, I, I think it's very clear that Brianna and I have an idea to start a podcast together. And the idea would be bringing the left and the right together. So, I don't know, red, white, and blue or something with the thought of the name. Well, we don't know the name yet, but we'll... Anyway, so what are your thoughts as we close out here on to what they can expect from us in the future? Because I'm committed to it. Cool. I'm yeah. committed I to it. I had a wavering moment when I felt the pain of losing friends and family this week, and I didn't know if I wanted to continue with this, but I think it's, it's important. In my own way... Um... You know, and like coming from a biblical perspective or like a follower of, of Jesus, because yeah. I'm a Christian, right? Yes. Um, I put it up on my Facebook. Like if I lose followers for, mm. or if I lose, if I lose support, excuse mm. me, um, for following Jesus, then like, mm. so be it. Yeah. But it's, um, I'm not going to put party over humanity. Mm. And, and it is like we were talking about this weird sort of cult mentality where, when somebody leaves the flock, there's just like this constant, you know, harassing and bombardment. And, you know, and um, I, I voted for Donald Trump. I support a lot of his fiscal uh, policies. I did not support him calling for military on U.S. soil. I mean, he yes. did not say National Guard. He said military. He said when the looting starts, the shooting starts, wow, yeah, it was in was poor powerful. taste. We need leadership. I still cannot, for the life of me, figure out why we have not seen an Oval Office address from our president. That's true. In the I'm, past week, we haven't heard anything. But he's been silent. Like, yeah. where is the president? Yeah. And I don't want to hear excuses. I just want leadership. Yeah. And, you know, it, the thing is, like, when Obama was president, the left, if you made any criticism of what Obama and Biden were doing, you were just automatically a racist. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, wow. you know, and people might be angry See, at me never, for saying I've that. I never heard that. That's interesting. I heard it a lot. Wow. Um, and, you know, and you don't know my background. You don't know who I am. Yeah. Like, you cannot possibly say what I am and I'm not. Yeah. Um, that's like, you know, calling someone a vegan. Like, really? You don't know if I'm a vegan. <laughs> you don't, know if I'm you a don't vegan. even know who I am. <laughs> 
Anyway. so funny. But the point is, yeah. right, like, we need to be able to speak out against the things that are, that are wrong yeah. and not have this massive pushback. And, like, you saw it. You got massive pushback for filming that beautiful moment. Yeah. Um, I got massive pushback. Um, one of my uh, media... Uh, contacts I sent his your information to and I said hey um you know if you want to get an interview with with the individual who filmed you know this he never got back to me and then almost immediately put out an article saying that the Portland police were ordered to kneel by the protesters no by the police by the police force oh that's so interesting yeah because you know what my experience was by the way the left and the right yeah, tell me your experience. Well, just, I saw the protesters ask him the nail and they did it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, sure, it could have been just interesting, interesting timing where interesting. the protesters asked and they're like, oh, here's our moment. We've been told to nail. Where yeah, we nail? knew what was going to happen. Like, did they coordinate beforehand? Uh, right. I don't Weird. know. I'm, I'm just saying all I saw was a beautiful moment, peeps. I don't wow. know if it was ordered or whatever. So fascinating. So, it's so, it gets, there's but onion levels. You know, it like, is. it's so layered. There's so much complexity. Can we just... The, like the truth, and I think this is where we come at the table, and we go yes. Every time we get to this point of like, what is morally guiding us as humanity? Love. And when you decomplexify things, and you just look at the one layer that matters, the core is love. Oh, thank you. Yay! Yeah. And when you see a moment where a black protester. Hugs a police officer. I don't know about you, but I see love. That's all. I, that's all that matters, and I want to show that. And that's what it should inspire people. Whether there's layers underneath that that are corrupt or complex doesn't really matter to me. Right. As long as we all, as individuals, follow our hearts, and if our hearts are saying I should go hug a police officer, go do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? I do. I I totally. I'm I'm on. I'm totally on board with that. And I feel that um, really, like, this is the time where we have everyone's attention. We have everyone in yes. America on the same page. Yes. Like, I don't think anyone in this country, I don't, I don't, I've never seen one single person, you know, say that Floyd deserved to die. No. Right? Like, everybody's on the same page. Even Trump admitted it was appalling. Yes. At one point, he yes. said that it was appalling. I mean, you have, you have stupid people like, you know, Mayor Dan, uh, Dan Holiday of Oregon City that, like, you know, made a ridiculous comment about oh, no, how this is not say? an epidemic and, you know, ten out of, six out of ten black people were, like, uh, murdered and committing a like in the process of committing a crime where they were armed, which is like not, that's not what that's not true. Floyd. No, yeah. no, or Breonna Taylor, right? Oh, like, right, she was sleeping. She was like, bed. yeah, she was asleep, and yeah. so like just completely, you know. It, which, by the way, he like um, that uh, Dan Holiday actually helped like me lose my election. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Okay. So same same mm. mayor that like attacked me. No props me. for that guy. <laughs> yeah. And uh and like stood up for mm. this like dirtbag wife beater. You know, mm. um anyway, so I don't, I don't really like to create drama, but I've heard stories about this guy and it doesn't sound good. So let's put it that way. Frustrating, frustrating. Well and like yeah, it, I don't know. I Okay, not going to say it on air. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> point is, um, 
like there are some people who have said some stupid things, but the vast majority yeah. of America is yeah. on the same page. Yeah. And it's time to use that momentum in and hurl into, you know, positive, like lasting yeah. change and, and really do something with this now. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so I would like to call on, um, Teresa Ray for, uh, yeah, who ran for Portland city mayor. Yeah. And, yeah. um, she's an African American woman who has at one point led the black lives matter movement in Portland. Right. And what do you, you think she's involved in some other new stuff? We, I think she's, um, uh, yeah, I think that she's oh, let's working look on up. a new, I believe she's working on a new, uh, campaign right now. It's Teresa, Teresa. Um, and then, and Maria Garcia. Um, they're leaders on the left, and they're calling out their own party for failed leadership. I'm a leader on the right, and I'm calling out my yeah Portland That's moving yeah Portland, Portland moving, moving forward. forward okay yeah, and so I would love to have a project and like we'll put her website in the show notes, peeps. Okay, cool. Yeah, I would love to create a project where we come together. Like so, actually, Kim Sardell is a. Uh, an attorney here in Portland and she's been calling for this as well. So I would love to come to the, t you know, myself, uh, Kim Sardell, Jonathan Lockwood, uh, Teresa, Maria Garcia, okay. you know, maybe Can I add in there, Ozzy. Absolutely. Ozzy. Ozzy's got a great voice for the Please. people who don't have a voice in the city and his leaning is Latinos. Awesome. They, they, he's an architect and Latinos build the city and they don't have a voice. Wow. And so he's been really on the forefront of that as well as sustainability um, and, um, you know, um, homelessness. He's obviously working on, you know, housing. He has an, a perspective on how to help solve, solve the homelessness issue. And he's got some ideas that are really good. I, I would love to add to that too. Like, yeah. um, we should do a whole podcast on just the homeless ish, issue and, uh, and the opioid would, epidemic. That because would be amazing. There, and there's so many environmental issues that tie into that too. Anyways, okay. Yeah. So, so we got some ideas. Okay, so back, so so back to this. So if get these people on the show, this red, red, white, and blue show, that would be amazing. Yes, and, and if oh, you I could, like, this. if you could, you know, be a part of it and, and yes, help set up cameras and help, oh, you know, course, like, do what yes. you do, right? Yes. And like, And then, and even, like, maybe, like, you know, lend lend your voice to it. Um, I would love that. Like you know, it, I, I have to say, too, that my voice is, um, um, you know, it's funny. I think our dynamic is really interesting. Um. You guys might not know this, but can I out you as an intellectual? <laughs> Brianna is like a genius, literally. Like when she was a kid, she was tested, and she's got all this gifted IQ stuff going on. And um, and I, you know, I was when I was a kid, but honestly, I think I've probably it's possible that your IQ can go down. I think mine's probably been a little unused oh. over the years because <laughs> I've kind of strayed away from the academia world. No, no, no. Probably gone down in IQ level, but I think my my heart mind is what I bring to the table. Do you know what I mean? Like no, I my, think my intuition. I think you're okay. definitely intellectual. Oh. I think you're brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, it's really sweet. Um, I was also going to say that as a white male, um, you know, I, I mentioned this to you before that I, I realized that our, our white maleness is not so much the, the soap box that is needed right now. But what I do feel like is that I can be the brunt of, hey, let's speak up. Let's talk about things that are not being fairly represented and let's let's talk about things that are controversial that nobody likes to talk about and I'll be the brunt of creating that momentum and then open it up to like all these people you just mentioned and so if I can hold space for a forum and yeah of course 
bring my opinion into it or bring my thoughts and feelings into it, but also really focus on listening and creating space. And here, I've got the technology skills. I've got a, a media production business, so I can provide that, be kind of a host for a forum like that. What are your thoughts? I think that <laughs> you have so much more to offer than just, like, holding space. Oh, well, thank you. Um, wow, I that's, think that I, that's the matriarchy speaking, and that's uh, how the matriarchy would want to run the world, so thank you. Um, that's beautiful. It's such a balance. I think I said that, like, in kind of a questioning way that made you question yourself, mm, and I just yeah. didn't want to put you on the spot. Yeah. Um, you belong at this table, right? Oh, thank you. And you're speaking on you behalf of all people who have a voice, yes. I'm imagining, that need to have a voice. Yes. Beautiful. You're a father, you're a business owner. I don't, oh, I don't want to live in a world where people feel like they have to apologize for the way that they were born. And you know what? That's Ever. why I came back around to wanting to do this show after feeling like my voice wasn't needed. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. I really did feel like this week I was blatantly told by my community that my voice was not needed. Dude, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Your voice is powerful. Oh, thank you. You're an artist, and what you contribute to the world is beautiful. Thank you. Well, it's amazing to meet somebody like you, who at the same time has the perfect platform to be speaking as a conservative, being a Christian, a mom, a woman, a brilliant woman at that. I think your voice is the kind of voice I want to see amplified more. And look at as a, a person that just invited me as a white male to have an equal voice that's like exactly the kind of world we should be living in yeah i um gosh i don't yeah like i don't want that to be a big deal like i just oh. everybody in my opinion everybody should have everybody 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 yeah yeah and you know honestly that's what this time speaking of what this time in history is all about it's it's yeah it's giving the black people a voice that they've never had before it's giving anybody of color a voice. It's giving, you know, I would say even any oppressed movement of people a voice. Um, but if there's anything we can do as people who have a higher level of being heard in history, um, let us help. I just I want to be an ally for that. Yeah, you know? I absolutely. And I, we need to all be allies for each other. Mm. Um, because how horrible would it be if it all just got flipped yeah. and then used to oppress another group. Exactly. Or another group. Right. Or another group. Like, we yeah. don't want to perpetuate the oppression. Yeah. We want to stop it. Equalize everybody. Yeah. yeah. We wanted to stop oppression. Yeah. Like, period. Absolutely. And we wanted to dispel these ideas of racism or yeah. racial injustice or, like, we want, we want to end it. Yeah. Right? Like, we don't want to just be like, well... Now it's just right, you know, white people that are yeah. bad and wrong and racist. Like yeah. it doesn't help anything, and it just yeah. keeps it just continues it, and yeah. <clears throat> that's really counterintuitive. Yeah. <coughs> Did you see the movie? And counterproductive. Uh, yes, I love that. Did you see the movie? Um, what's the Black Panther? Did you see Black Panther? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yes, Did that you, was awesome. Remember the end, where they're in the United Nations and somebody from Rwanda. <laughs> came and said something about how we have something to offer you. And then the white male politician said, what do you have to offer us? And then he just smiled and walked off stage. The black Panther or the black, the Rwandan just kind of like, cause you've just seen the whole movie of like right. all their amazing technology. Oh their yeah. Amazing culture and how they've kept it to themselves. And, oh, yeah. and okay, now they're going to offer yeah, some yeah. of their, their technology and stuff yeah. to the world. And then the, the white, 
person who had the privilege said, what do you have to offer us? And he just smiled and walked off. And that's kind of how I see right now our world is getting to, to bring black lives to the forefront of like, this is their opportunity to show what they bring to us. So as a white man, I don't want to be that UN dude saying, what do you have to offer us? It's like, I already know what you have to offer us. So people, let's talk. Yeah. Let's get you on the air. Let's, let's bring you out to the forefront and talk and have real conversations that we don't get to have. That's kind of where I'm at with all this. Okay. All right. Yeah. I can, uh, but I'm not that dude, by the way, okay. I'm not that idiotic black okay. person or white male who says, what do you have to offer us? Like, I'm not, I, I get that black people, of course, have a lot to offer us. And I think it's their time to share that, you know, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I just laugh at the idea of like, <laughs> what do you have to offer? Like, right? anyway, never mind. Um, yeah, I think it was a little over the top because I, I would be hard pressed to think of anybody think actually thinking that. But yeah, I think yeah. I think everybody has something to contribute um, in one way or another, and yeah. I think that true leaders and what real leadership looks like yeah. is utilizing the best of everybody's skills Absolutely. and abilities. Yeah. And so, like, I feel like we need to be having contributions and particularly more contributions on the civil side. Mm. And unfortunately, like, we are not raising leaders in our public school system. Yeah. Um, we are not teaching kids how to engage in civics. We're teaching them how to be destructive yeah. and we're teaching them how to be activists but we're not actually teaching them what civics looks like mm -hmm. or, or how it's guided or how bills are passed or, you know, what the legislative process looks like. Yeah. You know, in my opinion, uh, by the time any child or, or whatever, like individual graduates high school, they should know parliamentary procedure, Robert's rules of orders and how to pass a bill. Oh, I love, I love that. That's great. That used yeah. to be the law. Yeah. And in fact, kids were supposed to know it by the time they were 13. Yeah. Did you know that? No, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. I didn't learn it until I was in college, and as a political science major, I joined the student body government, and I led a council, the environmental council, which was one of like four different councils that were subgroups of the, um, the university's student government, and we were required to learn Robert's Rules of Orders and run our sub-councils committees on the Robert Rules of Order. I'd never even heard the term. Right. I well, was like, what's Robert's I mean, that's Rules great, of Orders? But, I was but you shouldn't have had to have paid yeah. for that, in my opinion. Like, yeah. that should not be, like, secondary school. Wow. That should be primary. Wow. That should not be, like, any kind of secondary tertiary knowledge. Like, wow. that needs to be the first and, you know, first and foremost right. upfront information that our kids are being given. Because these are tools yeah. for how to live your life like yeah. whether you want to be involved in politics or not politics are involved in you mm. so take control yeah like what i can't stand is oppression by um this feeling of this ingrained feeling of helplessness mm -hmm. like we keep telling people that they have no voice that their vote doesn't count mm -hmm. and that they can't do anything to affect change i'm feeling that really yeah, yeah. Like, how does that lead to a representative republic or a, a democracy of any kind, right? So we need to take that back and start empowering people. Yeah. Our public school system is a mess. 
I mean, literally, it's just, it's a total mess. And we are not, we're not teaching kids anything of use or value. Um, in fact, the nanny state, the police state has come in and have started to dictate to kids, you know, how to think and what to feel and what to act like when it's not their place. It, it is not our school's um, and teacher's job to be parents. Yeah. That's our job. Right. And in fact, the African-American or the black community is extremely conservative. Did I mean, not I've a lot of people. That. Yeah, very that. conservative. Yeah. You know, church going, uh, biblically based. And, um, you know, so this idea that we are, you know, polarized in viewpoints and that, you know, you ain't black, right? If you're voting for Trump right. or if you don't know who, if you don't know who you're, you know, you're voting for, then you ain't like, I'm just sick of it all. I'm tired yeah. of all of it. I want all of the chains off. It's like, it's mental beautiful, slavery. Beautiful. It is seriously, it's yeah. mental slavery and I'm, and I'm done with it. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that doesn't make me a rhino. Like, I'm sick and tired yeah. of having terms be placed on me. Yeah. I'm a human being. I love that. Who wants to yeah. limit our government yeah. per the guidelines of our Constitution. Yeah. And for those on the left who say that our Constitution is um, either racist or antiquated or, you know, um, it needs to be, like, no. The Constitution is not written for us. Like, if nobody, if anybody gets nothing else from this podcast, I want this point right here amplified and highlighted and everybody needs to hear this one thing because this is your this is your lifeline okay the cons you have no constitutional rights do you want to know why why the constitution does not apply to you mm. it was never written for you the constitution applies to them the employees those who are elected and sitting in mm. office okay the constitution Beautiful. limits their authority over us. Wow. It's a social contract. Yeah. It's called a social compact, but it is a contract between the governed and the governing. <clears throat> so now, listen, we elect someone to go represent our interest in, in parliament procedure or at, in Salem, right? They pass statute and code that then applies to us. There's only one way that this works. We abide by that statute and code, and we agree to this governance, yeah. and they agree to uphold their oath. Oh, how far we've strayed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they, but they, but that's the thing. They have to be bound. Yeah. By the limits of the Constitution, in order for us over here to do what they say with statute and code. Now, there is a massive group of individuals who want to use our government like a tool, but it's like a wildfire, right? right? Like a, a well-kept fire will keep you warm. Mm -hmm. You turn your back for a second and it becomes a wildfire and all of a sudden like habitat and the entire ecosystem is destroyed. Mm -hmm. It's the same idea. Exactly. And, and we are the keepers of that fire. Mm. We the people. Our constitution is more important now than ever because it applies, again, to them. I'm so sick and tired of people saying, like, well, I have the constitutional right to assemble. No, you don't. We have God-given rights. Our rights don't come from man. Mm. So they cannot be limited by man. 
Beautiful. That's the number one myth that needs to be dispelled. You can't take my rights away. Just like our government can't take our brothers and sisters' rights away that are black or brown or Asian or whatever. They don't belong to the police officers. Our rights are inherent in us and God-given. And that's all in the Declaration of Independence. I mean, that's like the whole premise behind this country. Right. Our country was created um, on that one very simple notion. Yes, that's why it's in the preamble in the Declaration. Right, the preamble too, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's a Bill of Rights. A Bill of Rights. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an echo through all of it. Yeah. Yeah, and then even back to what was the, the letter to King George before the Declaration of Independence. But there is that too. That was mostly about taxes and all the wrongs that King George had done to the people. But yeah, it was also kind of separating the the government oversight or the king's oversight on the people to, hey, these are our rights. Yeah. yeah. So something that really uh, drew my attention in people attacking you, right? Yeah, the yeah. Um, someone had posted a tweet saying, um, you know, the military are not nonviolent or peaceful. The police are not nonviolent or peaceful. So why should protesters be nonviolent and <laughs> I peaceful? Saw that, right? Yeah. And I love that because I 100% agree. If our goal is to abolish, now listen. To abolish what? Our government. Oh, to abolish our government. Yeah. So now, now here's the thing <clears throat> uh, Article 1 of the Oregon State. So actually, Oregon State Constitution is much clearer than our federal constitution. Huh. So, Article 1, Oregon State Constitution gives us the people to alter, reform, or abolish our government at any point in time that we see fit. Wow. Article 1, I mean, pull it up. Beautiful. Yeah, let's Grab it. it. Pull it up. We'll this, let's read it. And we'll put this as a link in the show notes. Please, here. please do. Oregon State Constitution, Article 1, states very clearly that all natural rights are inherent in the people. Okay. You read it over here? Yeah. Okay, so is it the Bill of Rights? The Oregon State Constitution Bill of Rights? That's the one you wanted to read? Um, Preamble, Article 1, Bill of Rights. Natural rights inherent in people. Mm -hmm. Want want me to read that? Well, let's just see really quick. Is there the actual text of it? Oh, this is not the actual text. Let's see. Oh, there we go. Okay. Section one, natural rights inherent of people. We declare that all men or women, when they form a social compact, are equal in right. That all power is inherent in the people, and all free governments are founded on their authority. Amen. And instituted for their peace, safety, and happiness, and that they have at all times the right a right to alter, reform, or abolish the government in such manner as they may think proper. Bam. Bam. Right there. That's the first sentence of the whole Oregon that's, Constitution. That's it, right there. That wow. is the number one agreement in our contract. Wow. The first agreement to our contract. So when you hear people calling for, hey, the military and the police can be nonviolent, not peaceful, so can we, that's actually, you agree with that. Yeah, well, I yeah, completely agree with that. You know, Thomas Jefferson's famous quote is um, about dissent. Have you ever heard the Thomas Jefferson quote about dissent? Um, it's Possibly. It's basically kind of jumping on the bandwagon with that. Okay. Um, and it's my favorite political quote when I was a student of politics 
you know, we, as a, pol a political science student, you're required to read all the, the ancient texts. And <laughs> the, yes, but he said um, something to the extent of dissent is the highest form of patriotism because, um, you know, a lot of people question your patriotism if you speak out against the government or you speak out, you know, against the war that they're starting. Ah, or whatever. Yeah. Said, you know what? Actually, dissent is the highest form of patriotism because, you know, it's our job to question the government. And, exactly. And that's what Thomas Jefferson did. Uh, as he a parent, dissented from England. As a parent, when your child steps out of line or shows yeah. a kind of, you know, negative behavior. Yeah. Do you, you know, address that behavior because you love your child and right. you want them to have a happy, successful life? Right. Or do you address that behavior because you hate your child? Mm. Okay? Right. right? So it's the same thing. The same thing responsibility <laughs> is power. Power right. is responsibility. They're one and the same. And so mm. when we have this media that is trying to get people to abdicate or reject their responsibility and therefore also their authority... Right? We have a huge problem. You know what you just did? You blew my mind. You totally blew my mind, people. Listen to this. You're just basically kind of setting us up as the parents and the government up as the kid. That's exactly I've right. I've never thought about this, but if you kind of think about it this way, we all came as immigrants. Every single American came as immigrants from another place. So we all have ancient <laughs> history behind wherever we came from. And we came to this country as people with past experiences and learn from them. So we're parents, right? We've grown up, we've come to this new place, but we birthed a kid, which was this constitution and this form of government. And this this kid has now grown up and it's now telling the parents, you're old, you're antiquated. It's a rebellious teenager. It's a rebellious teenager, but we have to stand <laughs> as elders now of this country and say, no government, you're our kid and you're not acting right. Dude, I love that. <laughs> I'm so glad you put that together. You blew my mind with that. Just you just now. blew my mind. And this That's is the awesome. It's true that we're needing to do that. It's true. We need to check because yeah. we're the first and we're the fourth branch of government and yeah. it's time for us to put them in timeout. <laughs> Maybe give them a little spanking, yeah, you know. Absolutely. But seriously, like we need to check their powers. Yeah. The military/nanny state is completely yeah. out of it's the the police state is completely out of control. Yeah. And that is like the massive and most major theme yeah. on both sides is yeah. saying that the police state has to end. Yeah. And so that brings me back to my point about these protests, right? So every single person who showed up at those protests, I swear you better get your butts to Salem this session mm. and make sure that we beat out the police unions, right? Like for mm. one, I'd love to bust up the police unions. That's yeah. a whole other thing. The That'd police unions and the teachers unions mm. only serve to protect those who are bad actors. Mm. And, you know, and then they're going to, they're going to be there yeah. in Salem running bills to get more funding for the police state. They're going to advocate needing, you know, more military, militarized uh, style gear. Yeah. You know, there's there's one form of crowd dispersal that was not used during these protests that I guarantee they're going to ask for, and it's a 5G, um, it's like a hexagon shape. I've seen that on the top of the cars. Yeah. It's an audio thing, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's a screeching um, sound that hurts your ears. Yeah. It's a, okay. Yeah. It's ELF or EMF, yeah. and another, another way that it can be used is like it's intense heat. Oh, and yeah. so it, it burns you a little bit. It doesn't burn your skin, but it can give you like a feeling of oh, oh I gotta get away from this. Oh, it makes you sick. Yeah, oh, wow. it yeah. definitely makes you sick. Yeah, and and it's like and it's terrible for you. It's like yeah. it hurts your cells and stuff. But <clears throat> it disperses crowds really quickly. So I guarantee you, they're going to be asking for that. Yeah. Right. And so 
But here's the other thing. Wow. Just a month ago, you know, we were protesting to open our businesses. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like several months before that, we had even bigger protests making sure that we kept our medical freedom so that we weren't getting, you know, forced vaccinated mm-hmm. um, or our kids were not in order to Which, go to school. Which, by the way, is going to be another huge... The next, I know. The next thing coming is... That's my point. At the end of 2018, beginning... Or 2020, beginning of 2021, when the vaccine for COVID comes... Right. That is going to be a huge right. debate. Right. Should we be forced to take it or not? <laughs> well, and so that's that's my point in all of this, right? Yeah. So if we as conservatives don't protect the liberals' right to protest, mm. <clears throat> then guess what? That's you know they're not going to protect our right to protest. Mm. And right. you know it, the thing is, especially when people don't agree, is yeah. when we need to protect each other's rights to speak out. Beautiful. And I like that you put it like because when it's like. Do unto others as you would have them do unto. That's what actual. You know what? That's that is the definition of equity. Beautiful. I mean, that's Block's Law Dictionary. That is like literally the original definition of equity is the biblical canon version of "Do unto others as you would have done unto you." Which, by the way, every did you have you ever seen that poster? They've taken out every religion's line in their book. That's equivalent to the Bible's "Do unto the others," and every single religion. Has it pretty much almost verbatim? Every yeah. single religion. That's the golden rule. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's you know that's why equity is so important. Um. Yeah. So, so where do we go from here? So I think that there are, um, you know, pieces of legislation that we need to sit down and work on um, to limit the powers of our government, because here's the thing. This is um, where the real change is going to happen. Yes. And I was just doing my job is no longer a viable excuse for violating our constant, our constitution. Um, and I was, yes. And I was just doing my job is no excuse for someone to put their hands on me. Right. Ever. Yeah. I will not sit by and watch stormtroopers walk another, you know, push down another 90-year-old man oh God, and yeah. say, I was just doing my job. Mm. If yeah. that's your job, then you need to quit. quit. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Yeah. We have a serious problem in our country when we are sending individuals in to hurt mm-hmm. other individuals. Yeah. And, like, in our state, we don't even need a warrant to go in and take someone's kids. We need a caseworker's, you know, uh, signature and phone call to say, hey, I think this kid's in trouble. And, you know, 50 stormtroopers can go, you know, bust in your door and take your kids in the middle of the night. So the why might be different for this group or that group, but the end result is still the same and it has to change and we have to change it now for all of our sake. Yeah. And I want to speak to one thing that hasn't been spoken on on my behalf very much during this whole shocking lashback I got from my own community, which is that, number one, I am probably um, the most kind-hearted, soft-hearted human being that would want you would want on your side. You know, so please remember, people, I'm an ally, especially for the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I'm definitely 
have always been really sad about how America came to this country and stole the land from the Native Americans, wiped them out, basically, and then went to Africa, stole people from their land, and then enslaved them and brought them here. And, you know, I'm definitely um, aware that our country was built on that history. And that, but the point is that we're here now. We have this government in place. It's the child that's been birthed. It does need to be put in its place, but it's what we have to work with. Mm -hmm. And when people are doing things like burning down the cities and wanting to get rid of the police force, it makes me question if that's the right thing to do out of emotional rage or if we need to sit down, like you're saying, and maybe try to pass legislation that will put these things in check. And so for me, I'm on your side, but as a student of politics and social change and social movements, as well as environmental and all the good things that we all want for this world, I look back at history and I see the things that have been the most effective mm -hmm. and it's not violence. Mm -mm. It's, it's standing up, making a, your voice heard, but then yeah. sitting down at the table and getting the civil rights act passed or well, whatever. You it's, know? it's long, hard hours yes. of arduous right. work and yeah. negotiation. Right. It's, it would be easy. And it, and, and honestly, like sometimes I would love to just be able to rage and like have that just be like, woo, yay. Now I magically, you yeah. know, I'm going to get my way. Yes. Um, <laughs> but that's not how it works right. ever. Um, right. because that's not reality. And honestly, yeah. we don't, do we really want mob rule in this yeah. country? Like stop and no. think about that for a second. Yeah. Because think about how quickly that can be altered or changed, right? right? There's a fine line there. I think what I've learned in the past week, um, I, I was a student of Buddhism for a while after my Christian studies of many years and practicing of that. And one of the things I loved that my teacher in that taught me is that anger is not a bad thing. Anger is something to use as a tool to accomplish a change that is needed. But then you need to snap out of that anger and get back to a stable place. Because mm -hmm. what can happen is if you get stuck mm. in that anger, yeah, then you're talking negative momentum and de-evolution and damage. I agree. You know, yeah, so that's really. This is a time powerful. for us to use this anger to, to create the change. But the real change is not going to be from the anger moment. It's going to be what happens after. Thank right? you, thank you for saying that. Yeah, like, um, okay. There's this moment. So I. I love I love horses and and I and mm. I've trained horses um, like my whole life and yeah. um, a lot of people will train in those moments of like escalation mm. and they'll like whip the horse oh, and like you know wow. uh, they'll like escalate yeah when and like yeah. the horse is being naughty right yeah. and so then they'll like ride out that buck or right. whatever it is right. and you're not teaching anything in that moment yeah. And, and tell me if this makes sense to you, but the way that I train is, um, I've learned to ride in those moments of deep breaths. Mm. So you stop, like you don't just keep riding through the, like your horse is going nuts and, yeah. you know, and bucking and like losing its mind. Right. Yeah. Like you don't just let it escalate. Like you stop, you de-escalate. Yeah. And you take a deep breath. Sounds like parenting, by the way. And you let your horse <laughs> breathe. Right. Yeah. And like, and you move forward in that exhale. Mm. I feel like yeah. that's where we're at right now. Is mm -hmm. like, we're this young 
horse that's just lost its mind seeing yeah. a mailbox for the first time, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's bucking on the gravel driveway. Yeah. This and happened to you, obviously. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Tuesday, right? So, um, in the horse world, it's like just another day. But yeah. Oh, gotcha. anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, and, and you, we have this decision to make, like, mm -hmm. you know, do we just run our horse in circles, yeah. right? Or do we stop and mm -hmm. take a deep breath and wait for that exhale? Beautiful. Yeah, you know, when our daughter throws temper tantrums, Constance has been so um, evolutionary with her, and it blows me away because... Yeah, I tend to take that stance of, like, let her just write it out. Like, let her be angry. and But as long as she doesn't hurt anybody or anything, you know, she can just do that. Constance, on the other hand, will go in with her and just hug her and hold her and be with her and, and add to her ability to just um, get her needs met in that moment. Yeah. Whereas I t tended to just like walk away and let her just ride it out. <laughs> I was like, "Do your thing, girl." But um, or if she's hurting me or hurting mom, I'll yell at her, and that yeah, because I'm like, "That's like, not go acceptable." To your room. Yeah, yeah, go to your room, and that just ultimately it doesn't help. It doesn't work when I end up yelling at her to stop hurting. It's like it's really not. It's not going to do anything. So like the protesters, like yelling at them to stop throwing things at the building, is like. It's not going to help them feel hurt. Yeah. Or know? chiding them and saying yeah. like, you know, yeah. this is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, these yeah. are the percentages of, yeah. of police deaths and, yeah. and you know, and, and it's right. white people that are actually blah, 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 right. blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. that's not helpful anymore. Yeah. yeah. We're so far past that yeah. at this point. So. But on the flip, once we allow them to feel heard and create that space for them, it's time for them to breathe. And then go, okay, now what is our next step? And now I hope what? that that's the message here. I really hope so. And I really hope that we can, um, you know, do what we can within our networks yeah. and facilitate that roundtable discussion. Thank you. I want people to yeah. come together. I want everyone to be heard. And I want actual change. Me too. Like, I'm so tired of the oh, same narrative playing out. Like, yeah. Man, if I, I never I watch another person, you know, <laughs> die in the street because yeah. of a police officer Thank again, you. it's going to be too soon. I'm you done. Know, I made a post about Ahmad in Louisiana. Yeah? The, the little boy that was running and he went into the house and those two white guys shot him in the street. Jeez. That was like three weeks ago that happened. Um, I made a post that said, I don't ever want to see another black person killed in the street. And then George Floyd happened. Oh, so man. my prayer didn't work. And I'm with you. I don't want to see this happening anymore. And there's so many things in our society that I'm just like, I'm so ready for change. And I saw my favorite sign of the whole protest movement and all the media that's been made yeah. is there was an old hippie lady. She's And her sign said, I can't believe I'm 65 year, or 75 years old and I'm still processing this shit. <laughs> and I'm like, amen. Right? Yeah. They, yeah. And speaking of which... Um, I mean, I I wonder how our police officers feel, you know? Mm. Well, thank you for asking that, and thank you for bringing that up. I wanted to speak to that a little bit, especially because we do have a family member who's in the police force. I have another best friend from my childhood who's in the military. He's going to be in the Space Force coming this fall. I mean, I talk know. about controversial people in my lives, like, yeah. who should not want to have anything to do with me, this flaming liberal. <laughs> but I do really connect with them, both, both of them, and have wonderful conversations with them, and you know, and I want them to know that, like, 
and I know people hate me saying this right now, but I believe there are truly good people in the police and in the military. And Why I, would anyone, like, well, take issue with that? That's, well, like, it's like, that's, like, the same thing as saying, like, all, you know, orange people are terrible. Right, right. Or all, exactly. Okay, maybe orange isn't yeah. the best well, what example. I, well, I, I'm going to do a little bit of listening. And, you know, the one person that I'm closest to who lashed out to me and hurt me the most um, or broke my heart the most was her, her one, one of her comments was that I was saying that, you know, I believe there's 95% or whatever good police officers and there's the 5% bad apples. And same with the protesters. I believe there's like 95 good and there's the 5% that... And so on both sides, we have to look at like, they're both good people. They just have these bad actors sparking these right. things. And then this person t told me that, well, I don't really agree with the bad apple thing. And her point, what she was trying to say was that it's bigger than just the police force. It's about the systemic history of what created the police force. Well, that, that I mean, I, I agree with that. And I also like our history is being hidden, like at a rapid rate mm -hmm. and, you know, um, just totally twisted. And, um, so like, I, I see both, I see do both you? sides of that. Cool. I really do. Yeah, good. But my point is I would love to be able to facilitate, you know, these conversations mm -hmm. and, you know, and maybe it happens gradually and in stages where we don't just initially like all sit down, like, you know, BLM and then like someone from the police department. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how ready people are for these conversations. Right. Um, it right. might need to happen in gradual stages where trust is built. Yeah. Um, but whatever it takes, I'm willing to do it. That's all I'm saying. And can I tell you, I've seen some amazing things in the media. Um, there's been some Black Lives Matters leaders already sitting down with the police. Good. And um, I saw that even, even um, some of them went and spoke um, with the mayor, you know, and I, I mean, it's, it's, I think you're right. I think most people aren't ready yeah. to have those conversations, but there are some pretty evolved people that are already yeah. trying. Well, and also know. I would add to that, like, I think Rick um, from Imago Day would be a really great uh, leader in this. Like, okay. um, he's been an amazing uh, uh pastor in the portland area in fact um check this out the q is a um a center for the lgbtq community and um yeah and rick their pastor so what happened is their air con their hvac system went out right okay and they didn't have the funds then it was hot and like everyone was like sweaty and uncomfortable right yeah and um and so the leaders from the q turned to rick wow. from imago day because wow they knew that this christian community would help them out. Oh, like and you're talking about the Q they Center, could... the, the, yes. the, the gay, lesbian rights, LGBTQ Yes. Wow. They turned to the Christian community Beautiful. to help them. And you know what That's happened? That's what it's all about. Check it out. Like, within four hours, Rick made phone calls and they got the $15,000, okay, in four hours. Oh my God. Because it meant that much to them to reach out to the Q Center and to provide for them. That is community at its heart. Right? I love it. How many oh. people know that that happened? Okay. How many people even know that story? And I think we need to get the leaders of the Muslim Educational Trust here. I'm friends That's with right. them. The I've Met. done a lot of work with them. That's the right. um, They bring in all faiths. It's an interfaith community, not just promoting Muslim, but promoting interfaith dialogue. They've been doing it for since like 1993, it says. Um, they've got, you know, I've been to events where they had Governor Brown there. They've had Mayor Ted Wheeler there. They have... Um, the gold star father, that guy that was um, speaking out against Trump's comments about um, people in the military. That yeah. Anyway, so they 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 really have a large poll of these kinds of conversations sitting down at the table, reaching across the aisles with all kinds of people. And I think 
they would love to be part of this conversation. Awesome. Yeah. So especially since they're of color, people of color too. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah, they're actually sure. voices probably as important as anybody's right now. Yeah, I mean, so I think that's brilliant. And cool. Again, I think you know, either either doing this incrementally or in stages, um, yeah. maybe a small group to start, and then maybe a larger group to you know expand. Um, whatever and however it needs to happen because it's true like um it takes money to pass a bill yeah it takes money to get public involvement and the number one thing that i would hate to see is for um this movement to be hijacked by one party or another and that's where i get that's where i get so frustrated um like timber unity for example was this incredible grassroots movement that started as this unique, um, you know, one, one logger, right? One logger creates a Facebook post that goes viral that snowballs into a Facebook group. And then this massive, um, you know, gathering, this is, uh, that's Lauren and Melissa Hutnick right there. Um, Senator, that's Senator Fred Gerard. We're looking at the Timber Unity website right now. Yep. Right, um, which will be I'm in the show to... notes. See, she's looking at the picture on the front page, and all these people right at the front on the bottom are people you know. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, Senator Herman Bershiger. Okay, he is the, um, uh, or he was uh, up until recently the uh, Senate Minority Leader. Okay, uh, Kim Thatcher, uh, Tim uh, Tim Knopp, Dennis Richard, or um, uh, Dennis Lithicum. Excuse me. I'm trying to find what's the. It says one. One thing here, just on the front of it, we need new lawmakers who will protect Oregon workers, our families, and our rural communities. Yeah. What's the about kind of... So I'm trying to find Jeff Levy in this in this picture. Um, anyway, so a guy named Jeff Levy uh, created a, a Facebook post, and then he, okay. he, he wrote in there, like, you know, hashtag Timber Unity um, to stand up against uh, HB 2020. Cap and trade. Oh, okay. Yep. Wow. And yes. all this came about. Wow. Well, because it would have taken all those people's careers. It would have taken wow. every single one of their jobs, their trucks, wow. their their homes. I mean, it would have completely crushed and destroyed rural Oregon. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And yeah, um, thank you for pointing this out. Okay. So we have a lot of groups yeah, that need to be involved in this discussion. This is these but, are already people that would love to be a part of this discussion. About. I yeah, I'm sure they would. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so all these people like harken the call and they brought their trucks and they drove around Salem and they were like, Hey, <laughs> you know, don't, don't take my job away basically. Yeah. But it became this whole left versus right thing. And, mm -hmm. um, except for Senator Betsy Johnson, who stood with everyone and she's a Democrat. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, but the, the point is this, grassroots movement right here got hijacked by political operatives. Oh, you were telling me about that. Yeah. And you so, were a part of this movement. I was. And then now you, they shunned you because what happened with the politics of it all? Yeah. Yeah. I oh. got, so myself and like, well, actually all the founders aren't even involved anymore. Are you um, able to connect with them still to get them on board with the discussion maybe? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, okay. That'd be awesome. Anyways, the main the main point is that I would hate to see that same thing happen with BLM oh, where right. it gets hijacked by political operatives and then it gets yeah. steered towards, you know, something that they never saw coming. And believe me, I don't 
think that there is one single movement in this United States culture that has had that, that has not had to happen. I know. You know, starting from back in the 60s, I mean, I don't know about Black Panthers, but I'm sure that happened with them. I know that they were infiltrated by the CIA and and the FBI, and then there's all the, um, you know, all the, um, you know, the communists discussion groups that got infiltrated and it made to be worse than they were and like right. all the way to now like i personally think that antifa started off maybe as something a little bit better than it ended up being and now it's probably who they say george soros is funding it or whatever i don't know i have no idea yeah but like i just feel like it's it's a common thing for a it's a political tactic for things to get turned into something that they want to tell you. Right, you know? right. And that's that was my whole point with, like, reaching out to, to the media about yeah. interviewing you, and yeah. nobody would nobody would take it. And that's so, like, normally I have reporters get back to me within, yeah. like, seconds, and they're like, yeah. what? You got a hot story? Let me, yeah. you know. What do you think went wrong with this one? I think that there is a divisive and polarized narrative mm. that is being pushed, and that's what they're wanting. That is the common thread in... So you when know, they saw the police and the protesters coming together, that was something that they were like, oh, shoot, that's going to hurt our divisiveness. Right. Like, to me, it's like the elite's biggest fear. Yeah. Right? That's They're why like, I posted oh, crap. it. That is the core of why I posted it. Because yeah. I was thinking, you know, here, here's in this whole week of media that I've seen, this is the one shining bright light. Yeah. And, and I, I needed that. At that moment in my life, I needed it. And apparently millions of other people did because it went viral. Well, and think <laughs> about it. I, I want to I really, like, give credit to that moment. Um, because if you think about it, like that was the moment when people decided we need to be more, um, we need to make sure that these stay peaceful. Yeah. And by the way, that was black lives leaders, black lives matters leaders making that moment from what I saw. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, so I think that's the takeaway, and that's and they're like, heroes. This is a, by the way, they are heroes. They're heroes for trying yeah. to make that happen. Yeah, that's beautiful. It is. Yeah. I mean, on both sides. Yeah, they're absolutely. Both, they're all yeah. Yeah, and, and I am sorry, but I have to say that those police officers that took a knee looked very sincere to me. I don't care. I honestly, I don't care they're if they're sincere <laughs> or not because yeah. I'm not the thought police, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> but the action is yeah. they took a knee. Yeah. They. Nobody had to, like, you you can order someone to do something. They can only do it in their own free will and volition. Okay? Yeah. By the way, there were some officers that didn't take a knee. Okay. There you go. Right? So So those who took a knee did it because they wanted to. Yeah. Whether there was an order or not, whether it was a publicity stunt or not, you cannot make somebody do something that they don't want to do. Right. And so... It happens. Yeah. Regardless of intent, regardless yeah. of thought, it happens. Yeah. And that's what's important and that's the takeaway. And I think from there we can we can start moving in the direction that we need to. Um, Thank you for saying that. Yes. Yeah. That's the direction I hope we can is starting to reach across yeah. those divisiveness lines. Right. You know? I wanna just completely like dispel you know, and there's a lot of like rewriting of history that keeps happening mm-hmm. lately too. That I'm just mm-hmm. like, wait, what? Um, like Martin Luther King's, you know, quote keeps getting uh, misconstrued to somehow mean or or give the green light oh, to yeah, rioting. Oh yeah, I think I know what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, the, or right. yeah, saying that writing is the uh, the voice of. Um, right. Or the language of the voiceless. Like, Which, by the way, his daughter 
who is actually a conservative Republican, by the way. Niece. Niece, or niece, corrected the media yeah, on that. And said, she did. That, that was not his intent, by the way. Yeah. Um, apparently, a friend of mine, Victor, said that he wrote that letter while in jail. And that was um, a whole diatribe that he was giving on how to peacefully protest. Right. So because he wasn't who wants pro- to be voiceless? Nobody right. wants to be voiceless. Right. Like, and, and MLK was all about empowering people. Right. So it was taken out of context, right. basically, because he was using that as a way to set the stage for why a peaceful protest is important. Right. He wasn't, he was just saying, yes, a, a voiceless person is going to riot and, and be violent because they don't have a voice. And there's a way to do it better. Right. Which is what he promoted. Exactly. Sorry if you don't agree with me on that, but yeah. that's what I've taken from it. Well, people can agree or disagree yeah. and it, and that's fine. Um, I think that needs to be something else that happens out of all of this yeah. as well yeah. is that we need to be like, we need to come to a place where it's okay to disagree. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and people need to learn how to debate without denigrating its name calling and character assassination. Like, yeah. can we get there already? Yeah. Cause I am so sick and tired of watching people just like immediately devolve. Like, Oh, you disagree with me? Well, you're a na 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 And it's like, wait, what? It reminds me. Okay, so we are wrapping up here, I have a feeling. Trying. Um, I, <laughs> I, I love these conversations going. Um, alien, um, earth, um, peaceful, religion. <laughs> okay, so I love these cartoons. Um about the aliens looking back at Earth and trying to kind of figure out what we're all about. Um, um, here it is. Uh, it's, so it's two aliens and a little UFO looking down at Earth with all these nuclear bombs going off it, and Joe's saying to Fred, as near as I can tell, Fred, they're fighting over which religion is the most peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty good place to, to wrap I just feel like that's, that's kind awesome. of the essence of where we're at. I mean, like, right? with my peace-loving, hippie, conservative friends, I just got a nuclear bomb thrown at me for trying to show a peaceful, loving moment. So it's like, yeah, I mean, this is exactly what's happening right now. We're, as a society, <laughs> devolving into, like, oh, I'm, my way's more right, and your yeah. way's more... I don't know. It's just like, let's try to be a little... Put things in perspective here, people. <laughs> I think it all goes back down to... Um, you know, self, self-responsibility. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 You got to look and at ourselves know, first. And that's why I came to do this podcast with you because I tried to just run away this week into this little hermit hole. Cause I just like, honestly, just F humanity. <laughs> I've tried to give you my heart for 25 years of my life and I just got stomped on by the people I love the most. But you know, self, Love is so important, and I'm learning that lesson. And thank you for people like you who support me in that, and you too, Constance. Um, to just look at myself and go, like, who am I at my core? You know, and my, my core is love. And it's really between me and God anyways, and it's not between me and them. So fuck it. I'm just going to thank you who I am, and if it means I get to speak on a podcast with somebody who wants to come together and speak about things we have in common, fuck yeah. Sorry. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) For sure. On that note. I think a lot more people resonate with that message anyways. Um, From what I've seen, I think, like, I I don't know what those types of people have to prove when, you know, they just need to, like, 
subjugate another person right. and and tell them like how terrible they are. Um, it's another form of oppression that. Man, it is. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, and yeah. it's like it's like this covert hostility. Yeah. And and sometimes it's not even covert. It's yeah. just completely, like, hostile. Well, what's funny is I was hanging out with a lot of spiritual communities for a long time in the sustainable communities movement, a lot of new age communities, and one of the things that the Buddhists actually warned me about the spiritual communities that they'd encountered and a problem that happens in the spiritual communities is that problems will happen, but because they're supposed to be spiritual and good, they lift up the rug and then sweep all the problems under the rug. Yep put it down and pretend that nothing's happened. Right. But what that does is it creates resentment. It yes. creates built up frustration and anger and then it explodes. Oh yeah. And the shit hits the fan. Right. And I think that's kind of what's happening. Right I now. totally agree. But I think at the same time, like I think we've sort of like forgotten how, or we've lost some of those tools of like how to deal with things. Mm, absolutely. And so I think that's why we're seeing things clash the way that we are yeah. because like i think people forgot how to talk to each other absolutely especially with all the phones i mean all yeah. this happened to me this week on the phone yeah i mean the texting yeah, yeah all the texting and stuff it's like when you have that media we were talking about this week when you have the medium of a screen you say things that you would never, never. say to a person you would never say that. Would never that's say my that. okay so that's my rule yeah for social media Okay. Is I will n I would never type anything yeah. that I don't want my grandmother to see. Yeah. And that I wouldn't say straight to someone's face. Yeah. And another aspect of that I realized too is you're kind of getting published oh, yeah. when you write something. And I think a lot of us are kind of attached to what we write on the internet because it's like, oh, I'm getting published. It's going to be there forever. <laughs> People can always refer back to it. I, I'm guilty of that a little bit, you know? So my ch my the tone will change. The the high horse that I'm on will change. The position of authority I want to be speaking from will change. When I would not be doing that at all with a conversation where it's just going to disappear into the ethers right after we're done. Because who cares what I just said to you? Granted, we're on a podcast well, right now. Well, I do. I care what you say to me. Well, I, I do too. But I mean, what I mean is like, who cares how much of a high horse I'm on when I'm speaking to you? I just want to get along with you. But when I'm on the internet, Got it. that's different. I want to be on a high horse because it's going to be out there forever published. Yeah, that and makes so sense. I think yeah. that people can get a little different in that regards too. Yeah. Oh, man, you that know? poor horse. <laughs> <laughs> that high horse. That poor horse, man. It's uh, got to like... What breed is it? I don't know, but it's like got to pack around a lot of hubris and ego. <laughs> so true. Yeah. You know, right. this, is, this is really like um, important to, for people to hear. Do you commit to doing some sort of podcast? I do. Future? Yes. I do too. Yes. All right. Shake on All right. it. Shake on All it. All right. And do you, do you think we want to call it red, white, and blue? Or what do you, what do you I think? I do. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. you know, that's the colors of our flag. And yeah. I think that, I love like, that name. we should really keep it. I mean, because we are patriots. Yeah. We love this country. Yeah, absolutely. And we want to see the success and the, the future success of this yeah. country. Like, I don't want to see this country destroyed. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't want to see it just just completely devolve into civil. I, like I never want to see a civil war. I will I will venture to say that I think there are a lot of other countries that don't want to see this experiment fail either. You know, I we know people from Switzerland, for example, and they love their country, but they agree there's a lot of old energy there. And they, they this this one woman that we love, um, she actually lives on the border of Switzerland and France. She's a dear family friend, and she loves America. She loves coming to visit, and I think it's because. 
they don't think as liberally or as open-mindedly or whatever, conservative, whatever, but just they're, they're really stuck in old-fashioned ways in their country. And it, it's great because they have a lot to protect there. Yeah. And so I may, that makes sense. But she loves coming to our country because there's, it's just such an experiment and, and free yeah. to be. Yeah. I mean, we're the you youngest know? country we are. Like, yeah. in the entire world. And, um, and it is an experiment yeah. in democracy. And, yeah. gosh, I would hate for it to end now because right. that would be, like, the shortest – you know, experiment in <laughs> democracy like yeah. ever. And, you know, I would really like to be able to carry on the ideals of, yeah. um, you know, or maybe even get back more towards like a plutocracy. Yeah, plutocracy. Plutocracy, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I was thinking, I, I think right now we're kind of at a place where it's like Rome is falling. Right? Yeah. But yeah. what about what about ancient Greece? They had it figured out long before Rome did. And, you know, they wrote some neat, all the famous political philosophers that I loved were from Greece. Yeah. Plato and Aristotle and on and on and on. And, you know, and, and, you know, and then there's, there's, what about this? What about the Society of Atlantis and, like, what they were able to achieve? Or there's even other societies, like, have you heard of Lemuria or Mu? Mm -mm. Those were apparently in the Pacific Ocean and they were, so Atlantis was more of a technological society that also had these forms of government that were really well thought out. But then there were these other civilizations that were lost in the Pacific, and they were more spiritual-minded hmm. and back-to-the-land-oriented. And so I think that there's something to draw from both of them. Interesting. And then we can create a world like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, you know, it's funny, because, okay, this has to be the last thing, because I really, okay. I got to get going. <laughs> Sorry, peeps, we're keeping everybody here. <laughs> uh, maybe we can just, like, make this into like several different yes absolutely but absolutely. um that's this is something that i brought up when i was running for county commissioner because um everybody is so concerned with uh you know development and how are we going to house everybody mm. and so one uh very big topic right now is adus or um, auxiliary dwelling units mm. and um I would love to see some, you know, like more sustainable housing because honestly, yeah. like if you wanted to build a buckyball <laughs> structure or a home, she's talking about a geodesic dome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, you cannot get them insured. So it's oh, nice that they're the strongest structure on the face of the planet because what? you know, they won't like, but they make the most beautiful homes. I have a friend that lives in one. Constance. Their home is gorgeous. What do you think of that? I've been in one that's huge, by the way. They are. They're, they can, can make them make like 5,000 square exactly. feet, you know? Yeah. And then put and multiple levels inside. Exactly. I love that. And they're, totally, they're safe. Oh, I just got the chills. They're awesome. I want one. <laughs> so, but, and, and so here's the thing. Like, and I have friends who have created filtration systems where, you know, the home is completely self-sustainable. Wow. Um, at, rain comes in. It oh. gets filtered through a rooftop garden. Oh, my God. And that... Wow. Um, you filters get the all the water. Energy you get the all your minerals. Yes. yes. Yeah. Right. And then that comes down into the home that gets used, and oh. then um, it gets turned into uh, you know compost, right? Wow. And then that goes back into water. Yes. And then that goes back into your you know uh, vegetation. You're like I love it. Anyway, 
Isn't this amazing how so, we come from different ends of the political spectrum? Sure. These are our deepest dreams. Yeah. I mean, with the same. Yeah. Same dream. And I but, hear this so often, by the way. And like, yeah. So, like, in Oregon, I want to be able to, like, collect our rainwater. Like, why can't we collect our That's rainwater? Brilliant. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started on I that. I know. I know. <laughs> I tell you what. I just see, and that's what makes me want to be like this, you know, rebel. Like I, in so many ways. Rebels. Yeah. I don't even think we're recording anywhere. But. Oh yes, we are. Oh, uh, we are. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. But yes. So. Hour and thirty minutes. We'll make this part a second part. All How right. about that? That Sounds first good. part where we got cut off. Yeah, we'll stop and that as even like clip step. it and and just like put you know certain things together would be fine too. Okay, like I'm good with that. Well, we are committed to doing more of this, peeps. And it's going to be in the form of a new podcast called Red, White, and Blue. Sounds like we're agreeing on that. So um, give us some time, but we'll get this together pretty soon. Cool. Sound good? All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're the best. Bye, peace. Thank you for listening. You can check the whole podcast out on ryanao.com forward slash sacredrebel. Or you can check it out on anchor.fm forward slash sacred rebel. And on either one of those, there will be links to all the other podcast platforms that it will be on, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. You can also watch live video versions of this podcast on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. You can find all those links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and stop by again next time.